I'm E. I'm Ram. And I'm Cam. I don't want to lose control, but I can't cramp my space to grow. Comfort's dull, but gets us through. I got so much left to undo. I don't want to lose control, but I can't cramp my space to grow. Gets us through, I got so much left to undo, can Austin's Austin steals what's true, I have so much more left to do, it never ends like, like I bend, I call for winsight beyond men, I Welcome to the Next Movement year-end show, which is really hard for me to believe that we're here and that I'm saying that, but here we are. So we are going to be talking about our favorites in hip-hop from 2021. So if you can remember when we did this last year, we did it a collaborative effort. We were joined by the fellows at Serious Rap Shit, and we wanted to carry on that tradition because it was really fun to have a guest on, um, guest on to talk about uh, the best of the best for the year. And so we're doing that again this year, and we are joined by Cam from the Crate 808 podcast. Welcome, Cam. Oh, thank you. Welcome, mate. Look, thank you for having me. I, I've been listening, and it's just been good to be on the show and honoured to have you even ask. So, yeah, man, it's just been it's been a wild time for us, and I'm sure for you guys as well. And as I always say, anyone who can do a pod and like make it run and be consistent, and in, you know make it good, like yeah. you guys could do, big up, man, because it's a, it's it's a lot. So just want to put that out there straight away. Fair play on that, and yeah, thank you for having me on, man. It's uh, yeah. it's an honour. Absolutely. Yeah, of course. Do you want to start by telling folks who you are and a little bit about your podcast? For sure, man. Yeah, for anyone who doesn't know me, Cam. Uh, I run the Crate 808 podcast uh, from the UK, obviously, from my accent, you can tell. Uh, <laughs> uh, it, what, to be fair, it's it's a 90s podcast. It's a 90s hip-hop podcast because that's what we are. We're 90s heads who run it, me and my crew, uh, Big Up Ray, Big Up James. Uh, and we do, like, uh, we started with debates, like debating classics and making, like, this kind of... Um, Hall of Fame, which was the Crate 808, to get these records into. And uh, it was supposed to be eight episodes. Done. <laughs> we can get on with our lives. We can, we've got that out of our system. Let's move on. It's about two and a half years now. And uh, yeah, we st- still haven't done. Uh, we can't stop talking about the 90s. But we do talk about more modern stuff as well now. And we have guests on. And we've been very privileged to have some amazing greats on. As we were talking about Blackfoot off mic. And that was off the show. That was that's, that was a really big one. And this year we've had Dell. Uh, that was such a big one for us and uh, love Dell. And yeah, we, we talked to these guys and we also, you know, like to nerd out like you guys yeah. like we're going to do today, hopefully, you know? Yeah. And yeah. Um, yeah, so we just started the Patreon. And so like now we get like live chats going. So it's odd to me to have like <laughs> ten, 10 people in a chat nerding out about stuff with us. And I never thought we'd get to that place where we actually can do that together and hopefully grow it and, you know, talk to people like yourself. And it's just nice to... Uh, feel a sense of community when that can be lost yeah. especially in the last few years where we can't get together and vibe out you know mm-hmm. at shows or just yeah. meet up for wings and beats do you know what I mean like you can't do that anymore as much so um it's been nice to be able to do it this way which is like you know just meet people like yourself and uh yeah man big up everyone out there who's been on the show and you know all the pods doing this kind of stuff so yeah that's 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 what we're about man so yeah 
hopefully we keep it going and we don't don't fall off the rails but it seems to be going all right at the moment it seems to be going all right yeah <laughs> love for it sure. love it yeah much respect to you and to your crew i just caught Thank the you. uh capadonna episode it was pretty wild to hear some of his stories i like that yeah capo was crazy Cap- do you know the weird thing about the capo one this is just me being a bit open to be fair i've bought albums which are quite they bear like lay bare their soul so i think this might get quite emotional guys i don't know where we're going to go with it but i was thinking this this year has been such a weird year like just personally but also just a lot of like i'm having to use like the pray emoji a lot and stuff like that you know mm. and there's been a lot of that going on this year and i thought um the funny thing is is like when we look at some of these albums they actually help you get through stuff but the kappa go back to kappa I did not like that interview when we first, when I did it, because it was, this is the beauty of, you know, sneak behind the curtain, <laughs> editing and, you know, leveling and production. But at the time, it was so noisy. Mm. He was in the middle of New York and it was oh. like, I can't, he can't even hear me and I can't even hear him. Mm. And he's with his cousins and they're having a barbecue and he's distracted. But now I, when I listen back to it, I was like, do you know what? It added to the, added to the whole, that's his life. That's, cap- we yeah. just kind of had a little, sneak peek into what kappa gets up to every day which is kind of amazing and yeah. uh yeah so i appreciate you saying that man uh, uh yeah because it, it's hard when you're a podcaster sometimes you're like oh do i really want to drop this if i'm not happy with it mm. but sometimes you get too precious and it's nice that you can just be there to do it right so yeah yeah no big up man yeah we yeah, talk about sure. that a lot too we're, we're pretty hard on ourselves sometimes even though we shouldn't be <laughs> and yeah. and in the end you know people tell us like you guys are doing really great stuff so i always think that you internalize things and it actually be, ends up being great yeah internalize that's a really good way to put it yeah so yeah. my long waffled way of saying it, i should use that one word and we'd have got there and, <laughs> and moved on <laughs> oh all right well we're gonna dive in and cam mm. you're the guest so you get first pick so what album do you want to kick us off with Oof, right um so I, we all know each other's albums there's a little bit of crossover but not much which i'm looking yeah. forward to going into so this one uh, i was i've been tussling with rankings and stupidly we do it on the pod like what's your top five of the year but you shouldn't really do that uh but i do think this might be number one now just for the sheer amount i've played it and it's mac homie man mm. pray for haiti mm. i know it's got a lot of coverage generally and more than mac may usually get which mm-hmm. is a beautiful thing to see like i want to see gq profiles of mac homie of course and um it's kind of a nice uh, place to be. And there's other artists this year who have got a lot more profile, I thought. But for Mac, it feels like to me now that I've been listening to him for about maybe, say, two and a bit, three years, something like that. So I wasn't there at the birth of Mac, but through Griselda, and that's the path I took. Yeah, I found this guy where I was like, I don't know. I, just, I, just, I didn't know if I liked it to begin with, but he's gone on to just after it's just unreal how many um, quality products he keeps dropping. And when Westside was like labeled to be exec producing this one, I didn't know. I, I, I should never doubt Westside, but I was like, yeah, I mean, it should work. He's going back to Griselda. West's on a massive purple streak himself. Like the beat choices he's been making for people himself and others since Pray for Paris. I love that album. When I saw the list of Craven, and Conductor and like, you know, even Green Lantern's on here and stuff like that. When I saw that, I thought, well, maybe discography could actually get even better now. It does. This might be my favourite Mac project. And mm. he just dropped, is it Balance Cho? He just dropped recently. And I was yeah. like, yeah. there's two off of that where automatically they're at the top of my playlist where I was like, those, there's some tracks off of that, which is unreal. But um, 
I think this has just been probably my most rinsed album. I now, even though I adore Car, I adore uh, Woods for Way Go On. I think Mac has my favorite voice in hip hop right yeah. now. Like mm. it's kind of croaky. It's kind of not like smooth. It's a little bit rough, but it's the way it's so flexible. Like I, yeah. I suppose the other one I could maybe argue is Conway. Conway's voice for me. I don't know something about it on Lulu. Not a lot of people talk about the project, but last year I couldn't stop talking about Lulu because there was something about that that really got me. But Max flexing on this record is just amazing. Like there's parts mm. of it where you can't, they it sticks to you like glue, man. Like mm. you can't, there's little moments, little flourishes, little harmonies, and even just bars that some, I'll go into the bars and what I love later, but I was thinking there's, there's moments in this that could sound corny if someone else said them. Like, <laughs> There are moments where I'm like, I'm going to go into it, but I think there's remnants. I think there's a residual cannabis on this album. Wow. And I know no one said this, but honestly, there's bits of this that I hear in, in Mac. And I'm like, why? That's weird how um, I would even put them two together. But that it's he does have those moments where he's just bars out a little bit. Mm-hmm. But it sounds amazing because of his voice. So, mm. yeah, man, I, I, I think he's very ambitious. The artwork's amazing. Yeah. He's just gone for it. He's just like... This is my moment where I can just do the best of this. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I think there's moments in albums I love, like we're going to talk about some other ones, which are a little bit harder to peel back. This is a bit more accessible, but it is got layers and layers and layers. And it's gratifying. Yeah. It's satisfying to hear as well as deep, like as well as talking about things that, you know, enlighten me, which is a hard mix to get in hip hop nowadays. Mm, I don't know absolutely. what you've got. I don't know where mm-hmm. you guys stand on the album. Maybe I'm being hyperbolic, but I don't know. I've thought really hard about putting this in my, as my, one of the four that I was going to talk about today, <laughs> ultimately decided not to, but uh, yeah, I love this record also. Um, and kind of like you, I didn't really listen to his music when he was first like coming up. Actually, I just heard HBO for the first time this year when he put it on streaming. Yeah. But I feel what you're saying about his voice on this record in particular is something different. Uh, I love when he sings on this album. Like Criminal is my favorite track on this album. And Mm. his singing on that track is just incredible. And it's one of those moments that like really stuck with me that like gets in my head. But yeah, I I love this album. I I love his voice. And I've loved everything I've heard from him. I agree with you, Cam, when you said about just the quality of stuff he's been putting out. I feel like every time I listen to him, I like him more and more. And yeah, as soon as this album starts, you know, with the 26th letter, it's a strong opening. And I'm just like, man, I'm locked in. And voice for me, someone's voice really, really matters. If I don't like your voice, I can't get into it. So like, mm-hmm. it's such a powerful thing for me when I'm listening to hip hop, that if your if your flow just isn't, in sync with my ears and, and what I prefer when I'm listening to something or your just the tone of your voice isn't to my taste and I just can't get past it. And I, I really think that he has a nice voice, like you said, and mm. it really draws you in. Yeah, absolutely. You just said that I've liked everything he's dropped. I can't think of many artists I can say that about. Mm-hmm. And I think true. there's a, cause I'm kind of with you because I would think, you know, it's kind of, I don't know, maybe some 40, plus now right and it gets that point where you're like it's just a beautiful thing to see the genesis and emergence of an artist right and you can almost call it now where you go that person is capable of great art just because they have all the tools they have all the and i know that i should it shouldn't be about image and it shouldn't be about like um 
off mic stuff or off the record stuff but we wouldn't have doom if it weren't that you know what i mean like we love doom because of the mask we love doom because of the myth we love doom because of the stories and i, I don't want to make that comparison with max i think mac is in his own lane although he does talk about doom imposters in the new album i think and he has these moments you know and uh, i think there's um just a beautiful lens to look at hip-hop where you think i've seen this before where a person emerges and they're just like, oh, you're great. You're truly a great. Mm-hmm. And um, mm. I think I can say that about Matt now. He's, he's dropped so much stuff and he's yeah. proved himself to be that. And you were talking about 26 Letter and Criminal. Like, those are just, that's a tip of the iceberg with this album. Like, there's so many you can go into. And you know, one thing that really sums up the people around me aren't necessarily into the music I love. They like a bit more straight hip hop, as if that's a word, you know, like, you know, this yeah. is a bit, you know, I don't know what is straight hip hop anymore. Is there straight hip hop? I don't think so, but <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's, you can't categorize it anymore. It's all everything. Yeah. It's all different. Yeah. And um, the Creole skit sticks with me because mm. in there, he's talking about Haitian terminology and how stuff is hard to decipher. And although maybe it's because we've listened to Mark for quite a long time, I don't find him hard to decipher. I find him quite, he's, he's not Billy, he's not Woods. Right. You know, he's not um, Earl, he's not Carr. Right. Like, he's a lot easier to get into, I feel, if you wanted to. Yeah. And there's just stuff in that. And he says, um, in this age of instant gratification, the only commodity to have is patience. And I was just like, that has stuck with me. Mm. And you can peel that back for ages. And you're like, that's mm-hmm. one bar on a whole album. And that's on a Creole skit or something, I think. And you're like, <laughs> This guy, he, this guy's dropping gems. You have to listen if you really enjoy the album, really dig in. You instantly rewarded, like you're rewarded all the time. I find so. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. That's where I was going with it. Mm. I've really enjoyed like the resurgence of resurgence of skits on albums and just like the cleverly used samples that people have been using that help define an album. It just it like packs a punch and it just brings these gems to the surface. Like just like you said, like that that bit. I don't know. I just kind of been astounded by that. And I think it's really been present this year, like just with stuff that I've enjoyed, like just sort of soaking that in. And I think that's a talent, you know, when you're doing production Mm -hmm. and you're putting all these pieces together, like, I think that's something that comes naturally to some folks and that's what, you know, separates them from the rest and separates these projects from the rest. Yeah. You're talking about like the skit that we kind of grew up with in the 90s has like been replaced by samples, like sample dialogue yeah. or sample from a film yeah. or something. And mm. it's so much more preferable for me. Oh, um, yeah. Because when, when it's done right, it really just deepens the concept of, yeah. of the project mm-hmm. and adds to it in such a valuable way. And, and does, I think, often give it this layer of complexity that... Yes you have to sit with just as much as you might sit with some of the lyrics. Yeah. Yeah. Are you telling me red man urinating on a skit in blackout isn't complex? Or... <laughs> I, I mean, don't know I how know. much thought went into that. I know he's a bit of a perfectionist, but I feel like that might've been spent spur of the moment. Yeah, that might've been. Yeah. But no, good point. I think the skits thing is a really good point. Um, and yeah, how they make albums like just of a piece, which is, a great thing someone's put thought into this stuff you know it's not a mixtape it's like you know right. someone's actually i think every one of these albums even the ones that i've been introduced to by your choices have that kind of thing to them and it's it's just great to see mm-hmm. C- yeah. can we just say that 26 letter though we were just talking there when i talk about instantly rewarded it's stuff like when he says um i'm an icon end quote this could be the year i get my python trench coat <laughs> and this yes. kind of yes. stuff, <laughs> right like i don't want to be you know oh let's go through all these bars 
But there are like just as criminals earworm hook stays with you, yeah. these yeah. things stay with you. And there's even it's, it reminds me a lot of well, there's a lot of rappers who've done it, but in my life, it was that it's a level of like Jay Z charisma. In my mm. growing up, um, after Biggie, after all, you know, I really yeah. got Jay Z like in my twenties. I think Blueprint was out, and that's when I really started appreciating him. And I was like, the swagger and charisma of this guy. And then Mac has, and I know people have made these um, similarities between Jigger and, and and Mac, especially on the newer album. I think there are moments where he's definitely challenging Jack. Uh, but then there's bewildering bars. There's bars that are amusing. And like I said, could sound corny or off if someone else had said them. He says something like, um, something tropical like Sticky Fingers before Onyx. And I was like, <laughs> Was sticky fingers tropical before Onyx? Like, what does that mean? Like, do you see what I mean? Like these little weird <laughs> things that that doesn't make any sense. But Ghost didn't make sense, and and Times Doom didn't make sense on the on the kind of surface level, and just West Side on here as well with the ad libs and you know when's the last time your your feet had sand on them yeah. in a time of COVID? I'm not a long time West Side. I haven't had sand <laughs> on my feet for a long time, and this is the kind of I don't know. These are the things that maybe I'm just being a bit. I don't want to like reduce it to like just making me laugh at home, but it does sometimes. And yeah, you know, just as it is moving, just as it is emotionally moving at times, there are moments this which are really entertaining as well. So yeah. just yeah, just brilliant. And it's a good balance, just, like you said. Absolutely, mm-hmm. yeah, definitely. Thanks I can, I can go into some more tracks if you want to bring more tracks later. We can talk. I've got like track by track. I've got notes. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. I love this album. So yeah. I already... Oh, do, can I just say, sorry, no, the cannabis thing. I don't want people to just oh, think, right, oh, right. He, just pulled, he just pulled that out of nowhere and he's just yeah, yeah. talking out of his ass. No, like the cannabis thing. Let me clear that up because Stellar Ray, is it Stellar? Yeah, Stellar Ray Theory, right? Brilliant, infectious song. Great. And then you hear, it, there's a spit and he goes, and I can't, you guys might be able to help me, but what's the sample where he goes and, and feel the ring? And he does that little bit in the middle and ping. It's That reminds yeah. me, that, that's, that's a sample, but I can't remember what the sample is. Mm. So um, anyone out there, hit me up, let me know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Know anyone was. listening. But, yes, uh, but the cannabis thing, he says stuff like, um, never was impressed with lyrical matters. My ship built upon the back of pure facts and imperial, imperial data or data, whatever way he says it. And then that's a cannabis line to me. I was mm. like, there's there's lines in this where he starts talking about message boards and changing the discourse. It's a bit rapidy rap at moments. Mm. And I was like, oh, that's where cannabis has gone. That's where his his style <laughs> his and flavor. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, there's a little bit in Mac. And I don't want us to sleep that Mac can drop these bars where it's just a bit barring out. And I, I think it's great just to have that and to also have a guy who sings on, what is it, uh, Au Revoir? Where he just sings that, and you're like, I'm with you there, Rob. Yeah. You were saying his singing's amazing. And like, yeah, great. Just wild out, mate. Go for it. I love it. Yeah, the diversity. Gotta love it. Mm. All right. Well, I can already tell you've done more preparation and research than E and I have. So thank you for <laughs> thank you for bringing your A game. I'm gonna limit it. <laughs> no, it's yeah, great. I'd... I love the thoroughness. Yeah. Yeah. It's very much appreciated. Um, I'm a little envious. I just did not have time to, to go in that deep. So I don't know how I'm supposed to follow this. So if I don't sound, you know, the most intelligent or I don't know, thorough, whenever I talk about my first pick, then I apologize to everyone listening to this right now. You know, I'm just going to wing it and I'm just going to talk about how this album made me feel. So you see my background, it's young Morpheus. So that's where I'm going to start. So he's dropped 
three projects in 2021, I guess four, if you count the one that he recently dropped, I think it's just a mix of like beats and stuff. Um, but so, but there was one that really stuck with me. States of precarity is something that I listened to over and over and over again. And, you know, I found him some at some point in 2020. So I just randomly, I was on Bandcamp. I was just kind of surfing. That's, that's how I, get in touch with like new stuff and so I was just you know cruising band camp I found him and I heard I think the first song that I heard was Black Renaissance and I was just like man I strongly believe that you find music when you're supposed to and I was just sort of in this place where I really needed to hear Young Morpheus um like it was just a rough fucking year I mean for all of us but you know especially the black community and so I was really just looking for something and I found it in Young Morpheus. And so from there on out, like I just sort of dove in and then, you know, States of Precarity just is, is one that really stuck with me um, out of all the projects that he dropped this year. You know, I was thinking about this when I picked this album and was going through my selections and I was just like, for me, listening to Young Morpheus is really therapeutic and it's sometimes it's the equivalent of going to a rage room smashing some shit up and just the relief you feel after you've done that you know so listening to this music and and hearing him talk about things that i can relate to and talk about the you know feel the anger that he they feels on these tracks because he does not hold back and that's something that i really appreciate him he does not make you feel comfortable but for me he provides this space the safe space where i feel validated where I can just sort of have this camaraderie with somebody in my community that feels as angry as I fucking do about stuff that's happening to our people. And so, so he means this album and he means a lot to me. And so that's, you know, why, you know, out of all the albums that he dropped this year, this one is just, was just it for me. I mean, there's, it's so good. Like the production is really good. Um, and I just feel like he just was really, I don't know, he brought a lot of surf stuff to the surface on States of Precarity that I didn't necessarily, I mean, I think with all of his stuff, I feel it, but but this album in particular, I, you know, it was just, it was really, I know he dug in and I just really felt it. I'll shut up now. I don't know if anybody else has anything to say. It's interesting but. what you're saying about the, the anger that you connect with in his lyrics, because for me, I love his voice and his flow. It's like, he's just talking. It's like a conversation. Yeah. Um, and he just kind of casually drops this profound commentary on race and injustice. To me, even though I can I hear the anger that you're talking about, he's like the most chill revolutionary I've ever heard. He's yeah. so yeah. laid back yeah. with it. And I love that about it. I remember the first time I listened to him, it was only like the first couple of times I heard him say the word cracker that I was like, oh, I need to really pay attention. Like he's saying some stuff that that you can't just sort of uh, gloss over or um, put on in the background based on his flow you have to really like pay attention to what he's saying so it's funny like I, I don't feel this call to action when i listen to him it but i i can see how someone might like you're saying e like empathetic in that way and can like can get you to move in a certain direction at least in your thinking yeah i mean i think that he just doesn't tiptoe and he says a lot of things that resonate with me and also there's freedom in it because I can't, I can't say those things. I can't live in this world and, and work in, you know, certain environments and be around certain people and say those things openly without any sort of repercussions. Right. So listening to this, I don't know, maybe I feel that when I feel 
when I get angry, it's sort of validated in what he's saying, even though the tone, his tone doesn't necessarily suggest it. What he's saying, I've thought, I've had angry thoughts about. Sure. So, you know, just some of the the language and the terminology terminology that he uses, you know, for me in that way, it resonates. But you're right. He's very laid back and he's just kind of like, you know, fuck the police, fuck these pigs and saying it just like that, you know, as opposed to, you know, and I'll get into this because I think this is a good comparison to Castro's album, the energy Mm -hmm. level, because I think they they touch upon the same subjects, but the energy level is completely different, but the sentiment's the same. So it's interesting that you said that, but yeah, I just think that for me, it's it's like sort of being able to be in this world where like you don't have to have a filter. And mm. I love that. And he doesn't I mean, he says it in um, the one song like I don't you know, I don't need validation from anybody. I'm doing this for my people. Um, I'm at I'm like um, paraphrasing because that's not exactly what he says. But the sentiment is is that. But, you know, so just to be able to engage in art like this is really powerful for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really fascinating. I've not heard heard of him, Young Morpheus, before this. Oh, okay. So I was interested to see the title was really interesting. I didn't know what precarity is. That kind of these little things kind of tease you in. But I'm I'm with you there. Like I didn't. He's so lackadaisical, but it's it is heavy stuff. Mm-hmm. But it's so fascinating. You said about Castro as well because it, you you I love an artist who can say similar things but in different ways. And I do. That's why I love like Navy Blue. He has that moment yeah. of militancy and um afrocentricism and stuff like that and and really interesting vibes so interesting ways of thinking right mm-hmm. and, and this guy reminded me of that a little bit and i was like oh this is interesting the way he's going on and it's like the like you said the most chilled out revolutionaries for the weed smoking you know revolutionary yeah. heads who just want to chill and like you know change the world through smoking weed almost and it's yeah and i think the thing that's hit me over and over again listening to this album over the last week or so is the production though so does he mm. do is he on the beats on this then? Does he do the beats for this? Album? I think he's do done it? some of them, but not right. all of them. I think um, okay. I think States it, of Precarity he produced himself. There right. was there was some things that he didn't. Okay. So mm-hmm. like Championship Spliff, I'm looking at my notes, Championship Spliff was produced by DMH. Right. Um that most in War on Drugs was, was produced by I don't know if I'm saying this, Han Eleven. So I think he did some stuff, but there was some stuff that he didn't do. Okay. But they're the kind of, I want to look out for those guys because this album as a whole, I think it's um, Chateau de Yaquim or Yaquim or however he's written it. Yeah, Uh, the French wine. Yeah. Is that French wine? I think, yeah, I had to look it up. I did not know what it was, but I looked it up. (laughs) But first of all, you've named that French wine. Amazing. Blackcurrant Ribena, all these little titles as well. That um, 1993 GQ shoot or something, cover shoot. These things all matter to me. You know, what kind of yeah. title? Castro's probably has some of the best titles of like on his album. Mm. And I think these little things that, you know, little things, these things that artists do all matter. And um, I think it's that Chateau track. It's like, so good. The it's woodwinds, so man. Good. Yeah. Like, if, yeah. Whatever's going if you're gonna hit me in the soul, in my soul chakra, right? It's got a flute and woodwind is right in there for me. So as soon as that gets yeah. soon as you start really using that to that effect, so that track stuck out stuck out to me straight away. Hmm. And revenge, that's another again, heavy stuff, but like yeah. wow, the way he delivers it. So I was really interested. It's made me want to discover more about him and the people who were in into this album, which is a good thing because um hmm. 
yeah, even though there's so many artists now, I'm glad you brought this because I never heard it. So yeah, wicked. I love that. Yeah, thumbing through foliage was one of his other releases this year and actually that's one of my favorite projects of the year i mean i'm not gonna go in depth about it tonight but i love that project honestly the only difference for me is the production that album is entirely produced by um somebody whose name i'm forgetting so i apologize but it's same vibes like young morpheus is so consistent from one project to the next of like continuing to hit on these themes i just think it's so powerful and to go back to what we were saying previously about um, skits and samples. My favorite track on States of Precarity is Indignant Path, mostly mm-hmm. because he samples some of the testimony from the Move Commission, which is a big deal here in Philadelphia. That, you know, we talked about this when we had him on the pod, but it's a part of American history that I don't think many people are aware of or know about. Mm-hmm. And I wow. love that he put it on the album. That's definitely a moment where you can, like, through this skit, through the skit, excuse me, not necessarily through his lyrics, but like, feel that anger. This woman in this testimony is clearly pissed off for good reason. And uh, I loved, I just love that he put it in there and then continued to do his sort of laid back revolutionary flow. It's great. Y'all behold the honest king draped in all gold, in all gold. Nigga, fuck what they be doing over here. We be breaking all modes. I had the boss of a thank nigga. Fuck all the people who came with you. Crack his lovers in the slave pictures. Laugh at the bank, I don't play with it. I don't heed the propaganda. Pay attention, raise the standards. I could tell you wasn't raised with manners. Crack is still waving vacant banners. I've been dreaming of Jamaican planets. Demons coming, but I take it. I take it. I Fornicate the world, come on top. No, they still killing us. Fuck the cops. Stay in the cut, I've been making plots. My nigga in the cut, I've been making plots. Pops is in prison for eight years. How they making money off the pot? Citizens got state feeling. Solace I only get when it not. Everybody say they got some eyes. Nigga, you friendly, you need to stop. Said you drop the tape, but it flop. Fuck with the god, you get rocked, my nigga. Rock. I can go on about this for days and days, but I won't. <laughs> I, I think I think I gave my my speech. I will say though, I can point in this out earlier, but we really did pick some emotionally charged albums, mm. and I think that's so interesting. It could have gone another way, you know. We could have picked albums that weren't so heavy in subject matter, but we all sort of gravitated towards these projects that really address real shit. And I find Mm. that really interesting. And I don't know if it's because of, you know, how it sort of aligns with, you know, the year and a half we've been having or just like personal struggles. I mean, for me, I will say personal struggles, but, you know, I just really think that that's, I don't know, something we should talk about and dig into, which I mean, I think we are now, but I think that's really interesting. I absolutely agree. I think it is directly correlated to the last year and a half, two years. I don't know music that can't be affected by that. And, and if it isn't affected by that, maybe it's an escapism for you. Like Donda dropped this year, Tyler dropped this year, Drake dropped this year. Absolutely. F- you want to listen to those and feel escapism. That's still, we all live this life and we've all oh, been affected, yeah. right? This is the weirdest thing about the last two years is no one's not in, affected by this. Like, yeah it's one of those moments in life where we'll look back on it and you'll look, listen back to this episode and you'll be like, oh, that's why we all gravitated towards, even though some of the album struggles that I talk about uh, that, are, that are on my list don't directly talk about my struggles, but I have been struggling. So to hear someone else struggling, it almost like you get that same energy and you direct towards their struggle and mm-hmm. you understand their 
life and what they're yeah. going through. Because at some point you want it to reciprocate and someone to talk to you on a personal level, your family, your friends or your loved ones or, you know, even podcasters like, you know, you you have your fans who talk to you and your listeners. And I think, um, yeah, that's just an interesting, I could, I saw as soon as you guys had no, I'd listened to the stuff you guys had brought. Yeah, I was like, yeah, God, they're just like me. <laughs> like, I've, yeah, mm. the ones I've picked have been, are, are emotionally charged at points. And so there's some of the best love songs on the stuff albums we've brought. Mm. I've ever heard in hip hop have mm. been in. So it's not just struggle of COVID and, you know, social and like political bullshit that we all have to live in. It's also just about heartbreak. You know, yeah. we've had, we've had, if, if we've not been affected by heartbreak, we've seen it on the news or we've seen people in hospitals and more and more people getting ill. Yeah. There's a lot of that in life at the moment. So yeah, I think it'd be a bit weird if it wasn't a little bit charged like that. If you know yeah. What I mean. Yeah. I think for me, and maybe we'll touch more on this as we go along because I, I, I know I'm going to bring it up in a couple of the albums that I talk about, but it has a lot to do with like authenticity and honesty in the writing, you know? And yeah, for me, that means like being able to take a look around at what's happening in your community or in your world and, and talk about it in an honest and open way. And I think that's what all of these projects to a certain degree have in common. Definitely. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Man. I agree. All right, I want to talk about Breeze Bruin in hindsight. You know, obviously one of the um, sort of conversations around this record is how long it had been since we'd gotten new music from Breeze and the fact that he'd never released a solo album. And so for me, I wasn't really sure what to expect from this project. I mean, I knew he was going to come with A-plus lyricism because that's, that's who he is. Uh, the question for me really had to do with the way everything else might sound. But... As far as production goes, I think all the beats on this album are so well suited for him and managed to mm -hmm. avoid like age of any sort. They don't adhere to any current trends, but they don't sound dated. Yeah. So shouts to everyone who uh, added to the production on this project, including Breeze himself. But, you know, like I just said, like everything else, we I think we're going to talk about today. What I love about the writing on this project is how sincere it is. I ended up feeling like I got a pretty broad look at what's been on his mind for the past decade or so. Yeah. You know, Breeze, he brings this exceptional wordplay that he's known for since, uh, you know, the day he started basically with Juggernauts. He flips words and phrases with regularity and adds layers of complexity to already kind of complex issues, whether it's his, his own relationships on tracks like The Uninvited or Keep It Up or challenges of being an educator on taking notes or an examination of masculinity like who who makes a song like mentor mm. such a um mm. great song tackling an issue that doesn't really get talked a lot about um in hip-hop mm -hmm. so for me uh the real strength of this album is the way that breeze kind of willingly takes a look at all these different aspects of life whether from a place of reflection trying to understand what happened or why or from a place of like present day criticism and accountability my favorite track though has to be the opener gotta love it i love that beat from seb bash but i also love how it sets the album off it's it's almost like he's telling himself like remember you love this shit you you like to do this and so you yeah. have to make this and so here it is the album that everyone has wanted for for years and years and for me it didn't disappoint absolutely man. I, I i thought it was brilliant brilliant project black milk's on here is it black milk who's on here on the beat somewhere I yeah think. I think um it's yeah. like I've not heard that version of Black Milk for a long time. Mm. It's that, you know, 
although we've not heard a lot from Breeze as well, it was that little moment got me as well, where give me more of that Black Milk. I, I love Black Milk's evolution and where he went with it live and stuff like that. But a little bit of me is just waiting for old Black Milk to turn up a little bit. And, yeah. and he does on this album. And Breeze is just, yeah, it's it's there's been a lot of different like character and charisma in in uh, some of these just artists off the top of my head. Bruiser Wolf out, you know, Bruiser Brigade generally. Um, I've heard a bit more Danny Brown this year and it's been quite nice. And then Breeze. And these are people who are like just, I don't know, you, you kind of flip things that have been said hundreds of millions of times, yet the way you're doing it is definitely you. And mm-hmm. we've waited for Breeze for a long time, I think. And it's just been, um, I'd see Maceo on here and you think, yeah, he's still got that backing as well, which is a beautiful thing to see. It's a great thing to see. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it's a long time since, you know, Prince Paul and, 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 you know, Prince of Thieves and stuff like that. And it's like, it's been a long time. So it's quite nice to get back into it. And a short album as well. It wasn't like, it's a, sorry to put it that way, but it is a breeze to listen to. Like, <laughs> there's heavy stuff in here. But you before, it, I'm, I apologise. I, I am sorry. But it genuinely is a listen where, oh, I'll play that again. Because it's not a... 21 track West Side Gun Side B, you know, where it's like, right. you know, this is, you know, I have to filter out what you don't have to filter much in this album at all. It's all great. So, um, yeah, I'm glad someone, someone brought this. Definitely. Eye Popper, what a banger. Sorry, mm, it's yeah. a out there. No, it, yeah, part. yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> I was reminded of something that Sky Zoo told us about all the brilliant things when he was on our show that. I sort of looked at this album in the same way. He said something about like, you know, if hip hop, you know, continued to grow and ate its Wheaties and and it was this more mature thing, this is what it would sound like. And that's what I think about when I think about this Breeze Bruin album. Like it's mm. it's it's grown up rap. And I I also hear the teacher in him when he's tackling these different subjects. I feel like I'm a student sitting in his classroom and I'm just learning about his perspective while he's Mm. talking about these different subjects that affect so many of us. So I really appreciate that angle, you know, but yeah, it just sounds like this really mature album that, that, and you can just hear the growth. I feel like you can hear the growth and like Rob said, it's not dated. You know, I don't think these beats are dated at all. I think that they are definitely relevant today and not even relevant, not even just relevant, but unique. Hmm. I mean, this doesn't sound like anything else I've heard. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, I think what's kind of remarkable about that is some of these tracks are, are actually pretty old. Like, yeah. Yeah. I think, I think he told us, gotta love it. He, he recorded years like, old. Yeah. Several years ago. Wow. Um, yeah. So, it's impressive, you know, that he was able to make some of this in a way that didn't didn't age or it doesn't sound yeah. aged. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I, I wonder when sorry, sorry. No, sorry, because taking notes was one that always that I've gone back to over and over, just because it's again, when do you hear from a teacher, you know, like right. actually talking about teaching and education? And yeah, that, I wonder when he'd recorded that. I don't know if you guys knew or not, because was that back then? Was it now? Like, it's interesting when someone takes so long. You don't know when this actually was made, but it sounds so right for now. Um, yeah. But that was one track that kind of fascinated me, I thought. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't remember talking with him about how old that track was. I don't either. I feel like it might have been more recent just because mm-hmm. I know he like recently become more open to talking about being an educator and and being a teacher but but yeah it's a great song you're right it's like a perspective that that we don't get a lot of in hip-hop yeah i'm thinking about what you're saying about it being like sort of grown-up rap and i do think there's like an everyman appeal that breeze has that some of the other 
rappers that, that we're talking about today don't necessarily. Mm. He's not playing a character. I don't mean that to sound negative about other other rappers who might who have this certain like charisma or I don't know what the right word is. But for me, Breeze is like really down to earth. And that comes mm. through in his lyrics. It comes through in the way he writes and the perspective that he's coming from. I'm looking forward to see what it does next. Yeah. Like, yeah. What, what's, and if it is an X, you know, what, what could it be? Like, uh, yeah, just fascinating yeah. to know. If he keeps going inwards, which I kind of, a lot of artists do now, right? Like, is there another one about negative? Oh, is it, I can't remember. It's, I think it's like personal training or something it's called. Mm. Uh, again, I'm bad with track names, but that, that one was another one where I was like, yeah, like, you know, this is talking about like reflection of yourself and hating mm-hmm. like things. And so, like, again, deep, deep things. And you're like, yeah, like, uh, you keep going back. And yeah, just hope there's that I where he's going to go next, but it'd be really interesting. Sounds like he's got a lot more on the way. He he was talking like that. Stay, stay tuned. There, there's more. Yeah. Coming. Yeah. Nice. I just wanted to mention that he's on, he's had a lot of features this year too. Mm-hmm. Um, and really good ones. Like mm. the projects that he's been involved with, like I feel like he's been equally really good on those features when he's been on somebody else's work. We might talk more about this later, but I love um, the track he's on with Castro. Mm-hmm. That's what I was thinking. Yes. About. Yeah. Shall I go next? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Right. So which one? Okay. This again could talk about this for a long time because it's car, wow. uh, a martyr's mm. reward. My car obsession is getting to levels that uh only my only the listeners to my podcast can can actually rival there's like people now who like talk on on our comments on youtube and stuff and they're like oh cam i know you love car i'm getting a massive back tattoo of car <laughs> and uh, and i'd be like wow like that is i mean i mean absolutely and big up for doing that you know this is his work is now you know we talk about truly greats with mac and some of the other artists talk about like i think carl's past that now. i think i think anybody who loves hip-hop to the level we guys love it know he set the stone like he set the start but his bar has been set for what feels like eons ago but um we still haven't got metal clergy you know like that that's that's the interesting thing about this myth of a man where you think would we ever get it i don't think we'll ever get it but he drops stuff and i stop everything when it when something about car drops so i wasn't even expecting this because uh, is it Sins of Our I can't remember, Sins of Our Father, was it? I can't remember the last album. I rude not putting that as my number one record last year because mm. it's got some of the best stuff he's ever done. But um I'm not sure I can say that about this album yet. Because mm. I think this album, what I love about it really at the moment, and I put it number one in my mid-year review because it had just come out about a month before. And for me, it was like, I don't think I've ever heard him. It's a big statement, but I don't think I've heard him as angry or as unflinching and direct. Like it's almost, there's moments on this record where he's almost, I can feel, I fear he may reach breaking point. Mm. And even though he's done so much in his career, I don't think I've ever heard him almost talk like this is, I'm fed up now. I'm fed up with having to keep telling you people about my experience, about my people's experience this is the point where he's like, like, fuck that, we're taking it back. We're just going to take it back. Like, there's that energy to it. We talked about Castro earlier, how he directed his energy that way with it. And it's a lot more visceral, I think, Castro went that way with it, which is beautiful. But with this, it's like, I'm still being, I hate using cryptic because it's not really cryptic, but it's dense, I suppose. Yeah. And um, 
his soul is so much at the forefront of this album. His, I suppose the best way to put it is this. His head might have led those concept-driven you know, driven Greek anthology, uh, samurai anthology, all this stuff he's done before. This one is, this is more my heart at the mm. front of everything I'm saying on this album. And um, it's kind of interesting, someone who's so cerebral to do that. And I found that like a bit like, whoa. Um, and it and it's really moved me more than most car projects like straight away, like immediately. There's an immediacy to it where I was just like, oh, fuck, yeah. Like he's really got me going more than the other ones which seep in and slowly like take over your mind. These are more like, I'm just going to screw the concepts and tell you. And um, I think there's, I talked about it before on our pod where there's even, and I don't want to sample snitch, but there are moments where he uses these samples, which are instantly recognisable to me. Mm. There's one moment where he thinks everybody up. It's, I think he uses my favourite Led Zeppelin track as a flip. I have no evidence this is true, uh, but I think he uses Tangerine as a flip on that. And I love Tangerine. So uh, that's just one of my favourite songs. So to hear my favourite rap, one of my favourite rappers, then mix over one of my favourite rock tracks and make it something completely different. It just gives you that feeling you get when hip hop can do that, right? Where you're like this art yeah. form, art form which recycles other things and makes it entirely new. Car's still doing it in 2021. And you're like, and it, and it moved me amazingly. And, and I noticed there's another one. He talks about cops keeping us under a mic. I can't remember the bars. And it's very hard to re re repeat car bars, but yeah. he has moments again, which stick with you. And once, you know, you're walking down the street and you've heard this song five times and it's the sixth time you hear something and you just click and it's oh i now see that other perspective and i don't know if he means to do that but that's just one of the things i love and also it's really odd there's odd production choices mm. which i love that he keeps doing and because it's not a concept there's not as much of a theme i suppose running through it although it does work as a piece like you know anger and vitriol that's all in there but i think like it's subtle when I first heard that, I think it's preservation on that beat. And just the way that beat mm. is odd. It's just an odd beat, but I love it. I kind of, you know, you're like, yeah, I love this. And I, there's a lot of art artists who've done that this year where it just kind of jarred with me. And uh, I think the only feature on here is Navy Blue. And to see an, an artist, I, again, we talked about Mac, but I see Navy being someone who is uh, probably capable of greatness in his life at some point to see him with car it's just like wow like yeah just that stuck out to me as well to see that feature on there so um yeah car's just on a level which is gold standard right like it's like you know when car drops what you should expect and make time for it i clear stuff out of my you know i don't do that for everyone you know it's like yeah. i'm not gonna listen to this at work i'm gonna listen to this when i've got my headphones on i'm at home i can hear it yeah. so yeah no uh, just just love this record man it's funny because the first time I listened to this, I remember putting it on at night while I was cleaning up the kitchen. I was like doing dishes. Mm -hmm. And I tend to kind of forget, like Ka is on a whole other plane. Like he's on a whole other level. And I've, I'm trying to listen to this while I'm doing the dishes. Like I got to turn this off. I can't do the yeah. dishes while I'm trying to listen to him. It's like, <laughs> I need to sit very still and mm -hmm. really pay attention. And I've spent a lot of time the last 24 hours because I just listened to it again last night, trying to find a way to articulate exactly what it is about. Because it's more than just the lyricism. It's more than just his delivery. I mean, I think the production has something to do with it. It was like trying to wash the dishes and read a book. And you, you can't do that. 
And last night I was listening to it again and I started thinking about these songs as meditations from both a production standpoint and just his voice and what he's saying. And it really, it like blew my mind. I was like, there is mm. nobody making music like this. He's just on a whole nother level of artistry. And I love this record. I kind of wish I picked it myself because it's incredible. I'm thinking about what you were saying about his anger. It feels similar to Young Morpheus. And I think that's a little hard to pick up on at times. Like the first time I heard I Need All That, where he's like making this oh. demand, I need all this stuff back that was taken from me and my people. Mm. And I hear that as like, as almost like optimistic. Like he's telling yeah. me he's going to take all this stuff back. I believe that's going to happen. He's like mm. putting it out there as though this is what's going to happen. But I could see the anger in that too. I didn't connect with that initially, but can certainly feel it. And I love uh, the self-awareness. You know, uh, I think it's in uh, Like Me. I think in Like Me, he says, mm -hmm. go get your thinking cap on. I'm rhyming. You know, I get down. It's that thinking rap for climbing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Come on. Yeah. Like that. that, that is just exactly what you've talked about. You can't do your dishes to car. No. You can't read a book and do the dishes. Yeah. I just don't want to step on that. But I was just thinking, you know, you hear Kendrick and all right everything's going to be all right and that how that became an anthem just i feel like in my inner anthem i need all that and everybody up was even though i'm not part of your you know plight i feel like i'll back you yeah. i'll back you bro in whatever you need to do because it's just and it's equal and and that is what i mean about the anger and the emotion that comes through you talking earlier about young morpheus doing that for you i think cars that for me this year where i've just had that moment where i want to smash something where it's like <laughs> everybody up like that that's that thing where you're like yeah everybody and yeah but then he has stuff like what is it um sad to say that's another one and peace 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 these there's a lot of tracks on here we're going to but yeah no there's just that energy throughout the whole thing but yeah sorry man it's interesting because i heard i need all that in a, such a, a different way he sounds tired to me he sounds mm. like I've said this a thousand fucking times. I got to say this again. I need all this back. You took it. Mm -hmm. So to mm. me, like, and I, I get that throughout this album. Like I've said this so many times. I'm tired of saying this. And that's where the anger comes in for me because mm. how many times do we have to have this conversation? How many times do I got to write about this? Why am I still writing about this? And that really comes through on this album. I, I can't, when I first heard, I need all that. I was like, yes. And it's just mm. the same old conversation over and over and over again. Yeah, it just like to me, that's what I got from it. It just sounds you just sound exhausted. Like and I feel exhausted like having to, you know, listen to this some listen to these, you know, artists talk about this stuff over and over and over again where it concerns the community because it's just like how many times do we have to go through this and that's mm. what I got from this album and so for me there was moments where it felt really sad and I don't always feel hopeful and when I when I listen to this stuff I mean he's such a good lyricist but sometimes it can be a little draining because of the content mm. matter because it's just kind of like when is it going to stop when is it going to change? Mm. When are we going to get some resolution from this? And it just mm. feels like, you know, so sometimes I do gravitate towards things that are angry because I'm mad. I'm mad that we got to still talk about this shit, you know? Mm. So, but I got, I got a big sense of sadness when I listen to this. I don't know that I could listen to it all the time because of that, because mm. of the directness, like you were talking about, Cam. Mm. I th you're not the only one. There's other people I've heard who've said it's um, just too heavy. Like, it's just not, you know, you don't repeat. And, and you know what? You probably don't. I, I rinse this album to begin with, 
but have yeah. I heard it in the last two weeks? Have I gone back apart from this pod? No, because I need to be in that place to do it. But you're right in the fact that, as I said at the top, I'm with you. He he is now just at a finite point. I'm at that point now where I'm taking it. We're taking it, and this is what we deserve back. And and it's almost militant. It's this militancy to it. And um, I'm just interested. But then I said this last year. I'm interested what he does after this because you know is it another concept or is it this? I didn't think he'd go this soul bearing with his work. And yeah, I wonder if this is just a start. You know, maybe does he keep doing this or who knows? Carl can do what he wants, right? But I mean. It's um, interesting when you think you know what the artist is going to deliver, yet you still get breathtaking moments where literally I need to just stop now and just listen to and and want to do something. So, yeah, no, um, yeah, I'm, I'm with you on both, both that, definitely. You can make it from the basement, the proof is me. I want back everything they took. My culture, my music, my look. They rock how we greet. How we speak, how we cook. I want back everything they stole. My braids, my waves, my gold. My chance, my dance, my stance, my soul. I want back everything they claim. My glory, my story, my reign. My divas, my Jesus, my creed is my name. I want back everything they scam. My rights, my spice, my land My hide, my pride, my tribe, my fam I can't fall back, I need all that You're not listening, that's what it is Yeah, we're going to need to pick up the pace here We're going to be here all day <laughs> I just think it's going to be a four-hour four hour session Okay, okay, okay We um, already talked about it, so I thought we would do it next So I want to talk about uh, little Robert Hutton Whew, this album is so, so, so good. You know, I was never somebody that doubted Castro's skills ever because I think he's so talented, but I don't know. There is just something about this album that really, really proves that to me. I mean, he just has an energy on here from start to finish that is unmatched, you know, and I was thinking about the features on here because he has quite a bit. Everyone on here, no one on here has a bad verse. Everyone on here is bringing their fucking a game and i think mm. that's because castro is setting the tone you know so he's he's leading the narrative and man he's doing so in such a powerful way like you know this this connection between the past and the present and sort of saying like nothing's really changed it just looks different you know mm. and also giving folks a history lesson you know the history of the black panther party i mean it's called little robert hutton you know so i just I don't even know. Like, I there's so many things I want to say about this album, but some of the things I want to say are kind of indescribable just because it's more of a feeling when I hear this album, you know, and I don't know that I can always put that into words. But, I mean, I remember the first time I heard it, it immediately struck me. I mean, I was just so blown away by the things he was saying and how he was saying it and just what he was bringing. Again, this energy. I mean, it's just nonstop. I love it. You used the right words there, blown away. That's yeah. exactly what you are with this album. It takes you to the, just, it just hits you upside the head, man. It reminds it me very, very much of punk. Like, I, I like punk. So it reminds me of a good, great, timely punk album where you just like, but, but this is sonically amazing. Like, I just thought yeah. his sonics on this are just, you're right about the rhymes. Absolutely. You're right about the energy, but the, the way it's put together 
from the samples to, mm-hmm. as we talked about the track titles earlier, I think it's the switchness, which is one that I oh. keep rewinding. And like the directness of it, the kind of, it's almost cockiness. It's almost like just, I, I think I said visceral earlier. It's just yeah. straight at you. There's no, I'm not fucking about. This is, yeah. this is the situation. And still adding, I think it is on the switchness where he puts this outro at the end, a passage of a guy talking about um, living on credit and then putting race into that equation. So now it's about class, it's about economy, it's about wages, and now it's about race on top of that. Mm-hmm. And that's all in, we talked about skits earlier, that's all on a little vocal passage at the end of a banging track where it's already amped you up to the point where that story the man is telling is so moving, it's actually enrages you yeah. even more. It amps it even more. So the way he's put together is just amazing and i think as an artist who has this many albums in their catalog where they can just go oh that's actually almost like seamless like front to back i can't think of many switches on this album even though it's a very heavy album and even other moments where again there's lighter it's a heavy album but there's lightness that comes through the sonics like Mm -hmm. i don't want to downplay any of the actual topics he's talking about because they're incredibly relevant but I was thinking at one moment, I would love to just spend 20 minutes talking about who thought of the idea that Cujo taught me to just do a Beanie Man rave house section yeah. in the middle of a track. So Cause good. That's, yeah, because that's where the energy was leading him. Yeah. So I hip-hop can't even constrain me anymore. I'm just going to different genres now, and then I'm going to go back to hip-hop because this form can't even hold my energy and it felt like that to me. And I, I don't know what it is, but that kind of thing, um, just, it's dynamic, man. It's a dynamic place to be. And uh, for all the lackadaisical flows of of Young Morpheus or cars like crypticness, you have Kurt Castro, whose bars are amazing and just direct and none of that. And it's just like, this is the other side to the coin. And I'm so glad you brought this because I think it's the first time I heard this album. I, I was busy. I was running around heard it once twice yeah and didn't revisit and then you put this on the list and as soon as i revisited again i was like why did i not mm. it's weird isn't it it's one of them it's just one of them moments for me where I, it could have passed me by and i'm glad it didn't because it's now one of my favorite projects this is great so yeah no this is an album that definitely made me feel optimistic this is an album that says to me we're taking this shit back motherfucker whether you like it or <laughs> not and the energy is just backs that the whole way through. So I definitely feel like this is, you know, when we're talking about heavy stuff, this is definitely one of the albums that I picked and, and of all of our picks that I didn't feel sad listening to it. Mm. I felt hopeful. Yeah. I felt mm. empowered when I heard this. And that's the difference, I think, between this album and some of the other things that we've talked about thus far. But yeah, this is kind of like, I'm going to kick down your door and march down your streets and demand that you give my community the rights that they deserve. That's what this album feels like to me. Well, it's really representative of like the Black Panthers. I mean, if you're going to name exactly. an album Little Robert exactly. Hutton, yeah. you have to come with a complete statement like this. And that that's what it is. I mean, he gives you the, the, the whole platform, you know, and he's touching on police brutality, the assassination of black leaders, gentrification, wealth inequality, racism in general. It's mm. the Black Panther Party on record. It's amazing. Um, I was going to just say, yeah. have you, you you guys, have you had him on the show? Have you talked yeah. to him on? Right. The intelligence of him, just talking to him, 
yeah. is kind of fascinating to me. He puts things in words and big up call out culture. I mean, I, I love that podcast as well. The way he thinks about things is just different. You know, you meet people sometimes and it's just different. Like you've had Woods on. He's just a different person. Elusive to say. It's like, you're just so different to everyone else I know. To hear him do this, I was like, wow, like that's almost translated all that intelligence and charisma and you know interesting bits i got from you in a in a conversation to oh i can also put it into my art say so i just find that just a big up to the person himself like do you know what i mean i'm thinking about what you were saying e about the guest verses and i love the features on this album because of the different perspectives that they bring i remember zilla rocket telling us that he was kind of surprised when castro asked him to put a verse on free huey fitteds but I think those perspectives on this record are just necessary. To hear from different people, with obviously different backgrounds, different perspectives, who are all sort of supporting this movement, I think just feels vital and necessary. So I, I love the features on this album. I love mm -hmm. the different voices that he's, that he's added. So you gotta give Castro respect for that, for like knowing that I need this person here and that person there and fitting it all together as well as he did. I mean, that's another thing to your point that the Black Party also tried to do. Right. I mean, there was a sense community. It wasn't just Black folks. They worked with people that were down for the movement. And maybe they maybe they were white. I mean, maybe mm -hmm. they were Asian. So, the, I mean, I think, yeah, like you said, that just further speaks to what he was trying to represent mm -hmm. and the story he was trying to tell. That's interesting. You reminded me of that. Uh, did you ever watch that film with Sean Penn, Assassination of Richard Nixon? Did you ever get to watch that? It's about 10, maybe 15 years ago. So again, my age coming through, but it's a true story about a white man who feels so, he has his own, you know, problems with the society he's in. But he honestly think in real life, he had honestly yeah. thought he could align himself to the Black Panthers because they also as you said, tried to make it a community thing. Yeah. And that story goes off into different tangents. But it's fascinating that, you know, these this plight that people feel in America, as an Englishman, we have our own problems here. But it's interesting how sometimes, yes, it is racially divided, but that Castro puts on people for these different perspectives. Yeah, it all reflects in that same society. So, yeah, just, just again, this kind of deep this album is. You could talk about it for hours, couldn't you, really? It's like, yeah. he's really made a piece where you could dissect it track by mm -hmm. track absolutely you're up rob all right let's talk about sky zoo and all the brilliant things mm. i think we can all agree that sky zoo is one of the most consistently great lyricists of his generation just a gifted writer but what actually caught my attention first about this album was the production personally like i made a conscious effort this year to listen to more jazz and oh. so i was immediately drawn in by the samples and loops and live instrumentation on this project and I think it creates this sort of classic sound that doesn't really age. It, it sort of remains relevant. Um, but then I started paying attention to the lyrics. And once the concept became clear, you know, I was all in. He's writing about uh, his native Brooklyn and the gentrification that he's seeing. He's writing about uh, culture and Brooklyn being co-opted. Uh, of course, this isn't unique to Brooklyn, though. It's I think in many ways an American story. It's certainly something that we've seen here in Philadelphia. Uh, so it's not hard to relate to a lot of what he's addressing. And then, you know, when you cons consider the themes along with the uh, production, for me, it, it kind of reveals this like perfect complement of this old sort of recognizable sound coupled with these sort of tense, this tense problematic change. It's a sort of relationship between 
the music and the lyrics that I think is pretty unique in hip hop or in, in any form of music. The themes come out in the music itself. I don't know if I'm making that make sense, but they're just a bunch of little things sort of tucked into this album that I love, like Al Scratch uh, and his feature, which is subtle, but, but just right. As we've been saying, the vocal samples and interludes the like live horns here and there that at times like feel difficult to distinguish between a sample and a live instrument. So that's the music side. And then on the lyrical side, he does the same thing himself flipping words here and there, double entendres, um, tucking little nuggets here and there into his bars. And there's a little bit of everything here. I think, you know, there's some poignant moments like on culture-ish, which is this sort of serious reflection on cultural appropriation, funny moments. Like I was supposed to be a trap rapper, uh, which is great. And mm. honestly, honestly kind of made me want a Sky Zoo trap rap album. I, I don't know if we'll ever get that, but I'm, I'm here for that. Yeah, I just I just love all of it. Yeah, absolutely. I thought um, St. Jay's Lickers is the first one that I think I you said it there about like how the themes are through the Sonics sometimes. He uses a sample which is so recognizable, yeah. like the P. Diddy sample, the Bad Boy sample. And then you think, I just find it fascinating. An artist I've loved for so long can still deliver moments where you've changed the complete meaning and evocativeness of this sample. It used to be uplifting and airy and breezy that, that, you know, all this money that we can make. As a kid, that was on all the time. And, and now it's actually fascinating how you've made that quite sad and quite poignant Mm. and nostalgic for a place I've never been to. I've never been to New York where he lives and to hear him talk about how it's changing and yeah, it's fascinating. You can do that with just, he reinvigorates um, samples. I think I knew and just makes them something absolutely different. And Bodega Flowers does that. Richard Terrick does that. There's moments where you're just like, he's evoking these ghosts from my past, you know? Mm. And I suppose he's doing that about the city in a weird way, I suppose as well. And you're like, he paints pictures with his words. We've said it before. Everyone who loves Sky knows he just, he's a poet. I think he goes past, you know, just, just bars. Cause it's so, you could easily, you know, I, I can understand why some people don't actually enjoy his rhyming. Cause it's, cause it's, it's a bit one level and doesn't switch up the flow too much until you start to really pay attention. And then you're like, Oh, that's where all the details and beauty lies with Sky Zoo and his production on this, his choices just make it, um, just one of them albums like, yeah, you just kind of revisit a lot. I, I revisit this album a lot. I didn't think I would mm. at the beginning of the year, but it's been out for a while. Like, and yeah, mm. I, I do go back in just because you want that feeling again. And yeah, but I, I love this album. It's wicked. I appreciate you further articulating what I was trying to say about the production because it is mostly about the samples So taking these samples that are very familiar and using them in new ways. So you're like, I, I recognize this, but it's different. And if you've ever mm. walked around a neighborhood, that has had like entire blocks torn down and replaced with condos. Like it's a similar feeling. It's like this, I know where I am. I know this neighborhood, but I don't know this, like this is different. And it's just incredible to me that he was able to achieve that sonically on this album. I think it's interesting what you said, Kim, about the nostalgia you feel when you hear people talk about a place like New York, even though you've never been there. I think that that's probably the experience for a lot of us I don't think I fully appreciated New York until I was an adult, but I've heard about it over the years, just, you know, listening to different people rap about it. And so to hear, you know, I always get a sense whenever people are talking about Brooklyn specifically, this sense of pride, 
when they talk about this neighborhood. And so just to hear this, you know, emotional perspective about its change. And I don't know, it's really, it's a different spin on Brooklyn. One that I think, you know, wasn't always addressed, you know, whenever we were younger listening to this music. I don't know. I just really appreciated that because I do think like Rob said, like at this, I mean, gentrification is such an American thing, but I think each, you know, experience is unique Mm -hmm. you know each person experiencing this in said neighborhood it looks different for them you know it's it's different than it is in brooklyn versus philadelphia i mean gentrification is gentrification but it looks different for different people and so i really appreciate that perspective because i'm not from brooklyn you know so to hear somebody talk about it in this sort of way that's really emotionally charged is just I don't know, it's profound and, and he does it in a really beautiful way. Word there again, beautiful. It is, isn't it? It's, it's one of them albums which, it's odd. I sometimes feel with Sky Zoo music, I can get cosy, put a blanket on, and it fe- even, I think there's a real skill to having technical ability where you've really thought about where the bars land on the beat. And he's a student, mm-hmm. so he has done this for almost over a decade now but it still feels like that where i can now really get comfortable with this music it's but and then really dive into the themes of it like mm. his last three albums have had that his his album on fathers really hit me because mm. as being a newer dad you know that that i've been waiting for something like that where yeah you have dad rap you know for whatever well, long atmosphere i've been going you know there is dad rap but there's this moment now where you're like it's just different and it's just yeah i think it's one of you earlier said it's mature music and i feel like this is quite a mature conversation we're having for hip-hop heads like i like where the culture is generally going just to branch out the argument generally we've talked about so many different styles and all in one year and it's just great to see that the culture is still delivering different varieties of um saying similar things and evoking similar feelings but they all sound so different so mm. yeah it's been a really good year generally just to stop and just appreciate that just you know it has been mm. an amazing year for hip hop. Yeah. yeah absolutely is it me or is it you rob uh, it's, you. E? it's you it's you no guys. it's you uh-huh. okay it's me right we're getting there okay i've talked about navy blue sage came out like late 2020 so i thought could you get away with putting songs of sage on here because that is i would say a lot more I hate to use the word interesting, but it's a lot more complex than mm-hmm. Navy's reprise. Yeah. But I'm going to pick Navy's reprise because I think this year I've had moments where I've needed that escapism. And do you know what? On a, in another year, and, and I'm not a fan of Kanye generally, but his music since Kidsy Ghosts, I loved Kidsy Ghosts. Mm. And I was waiting for an album this year to kind of give me a feeling of let's celebrate like it's at least sonically celebrate like life and not be so down down as i was in 2020 even though life does get you there and navy blue stripped it back and made it a lot more and i want to just unpack this but i did think it's is it because i'm a 90s head i love navy's prize because that for me it's got lots of 90s isms in it that loops the samples the way almost every track sounds like it's from the same even though there's a lot of different producers on the album there is a moment where you think to yourself god this guy has really thought about i'm just going to make this one vibe the whole way through Mm. and from ritual which is 
just sublime. It's just such a sublime. I love that track. In Ritual, he starts even, even though he's talking about himself, uh, he talks a lot about the female influences in his life growing up. And as a man who's, I grew up with like seven sisters in an Indian family, a very big prevalent part of my life was that. And I thought it's really interesting hearing artists talk about this kind of stuff. Even with all of that, he's doing these references that are a bit more 90s. And it came through football or soccer, as you guys call it. For me, I love the sport. So when I hear someone talk about footballers, but he's a new young rapper, but he's specifically mentioning names from the 90s. Nobody knew. So I'm not going to go into all the names he mentions, but I was like, that's interesting. Why? He's like a retrofitted like football fan, which is odd. And he's American. So... Again, it made me think, is it because he's a hipster and he's trying to get cool or whatever? But then I started thinking about the Sonics, this album, and they are quite retrofitted. There is a kind of feeling of, oh, I know what I'm getting now. There's no, I don't, there are moments where he, you know, goes a bit crazy and does a little bit different, like, production. And I love that and um, got a lot of that on Songs of Sage. But, like, I think it's um, stuff like, I've got it written down here, uh, Peach Cobbler, that track mm. is, even though you're talking about, like, your childhood you're yeah. putting it over beats that are just i know what i get with these and i feel like i'm at home with them and i needed that and that's why this album has got rewound front to back so much to the point i think i create eight wait like baggers playlist was just navy blue for like the first 10 tracks I was like, no one's going to substitute this playlist it's just a navy blue playlist and his his swagger he's almost um it's a bit like mac it's good to see this artist kind of just start you know when you see someone who's walking and now they're hitting their stride and he'll be running and he'll be making music where we'll be like, oh, we can see from, is it Ada or Finn? I can't remember what his first album was. That that album was amazing. Yeah. To Sage, to this, who wherever he goes next, he did, um, he had a great year to be fair. It, it, what was that track with Earl? Nobles. Mm-hmm. Like that track. Loved that track with Al. And I think it's just nice to see someone who's on these beats. I was like, little brother could be on these beats um you can imagine people from back in the day like i can even actually hear a few oh no nah, i won't go into that but there are there are other people on these beats where you could go yeah this could work for a lot of different artists but what i love about his bars as well like the way he delivers his lines i don't know if i can put him on the level of a car or a woods or a mac at the moment because sometimes i don't get it all but I do think there's a skill in being very elite. He's really still elite in a few bars. He can just bang, take you somewhere. And you're like, yeah. So I I don't know where I put him on my like actual rappers yet. Because I think sonically he's still really growing as well. But there's moments on this HGTV, uh, Code Mm -hmm. of Honor. There's bits where he's talking about a spalding ball with a blood print on it. And then in a few bars later, we're talking about how much loss he's had in his life. And a few bars later, we're talking about quitting weed. He's done that in like, eight bars and you're like wow like he's took me on this journey of his life it's almost stream of consciousness stuff but just yeah really poetic and yeah i just kind of fell in love with it i just fell in love with it but you know you repeat something so much and you mm-hmm. just keep going back so yeah i i, I do really enjoy him i'm yeah. glad you picked this it was kind of a breath of fresh air to just be able to sit back and enjoy a project that sort of reminds you why you love hip-hop because I just think that this is like, you're talking about the production. I, Ritual is probably one of the best songs I've heard all year. So I think the reduction on his, this is really, is flawless. And 
even though he gets into personal things because I think his dad died and and that's it sounds like his dad passed away on this maybe I'm misinterpreting that but there's like right. a there's like this um skit with his mom I I would imagine talking about you know he said you're gonna miss me when I'm gone one day I that's how I interpreted it even mm. though he talks about stuff like that it doesn't feel as heavy when you know you're comparing this to the other novels we've been talking about and so I just sort of found myself being able to just sort of sit back and enjoy this and enjoy him as an MC in this production that he's put together I don't know it's just a really good album Cam you were like saying you think he's he's like headed towards greatness and it made me think of one of his lyrics on shine he says you gotta listen closely this is history in the making it's history in the making yeah uh he seems to know you know where where he's headed he's got all the tools yeah definitely and i think what you're you're bringing out about these sort of the 90s sounds and and the references is very interesting because he's not really old enough to like he, he didn't necessarily live through that mm. um so i it is curious to to think about like where where did that come from or what was the intention but it does seem to also sort of fit, like he talks a lot about family like you guys are saying mm. and you know like his grandmother and there is this certain like self-reflection like looking back if those 90s references are there to like take you back in time to like help you reflect yourself then mission accomplished you know mm. and you're right what a, what a great year he's had i mean if you count song of sage and this album and production that he's done with for wiki and for akai solo who, who i'm going to talk about and and uh this thing of ours he's on that he's on the evidence project uh mm. it's just a great year for him it's incredible the, the only feature on a car record right yeah. i mean that's big in hip-hop like to have a feature on a car record yeah. i think yeah mm. absolutely the line that sticks with me you said there about greatness listen carefully it's great i think it's on the light or light i love light and what track and there's one he just says this is personal you know like, no shit man like you you really are but he's <laughs> he just he literally is like this is personal and i don't know i just find there's moments in his his i don't know him and it feels like i just want to know him more mm. and more mm. and more and mm. you don't hear in interviews it's like mac a little bit you know he's a little bit mysterious he's like incredibly good looking like every time you look at him you think <laughs> you know i know you, you must go through life and that's another thing you have to tackle in life like you know is, is how you look mm. and he's an artist who has depth and soul to his music but i guarantee i bet there's been times where people have been like oh you should really show your face more on interviews or and modeling or i know he does modeling, i think he does model yeah he does model but yeah i feel like it's detached from his music like i don't feel like yeah it's yeah a part a part of you know i imagine if you had the wrong people around it you might be a bit more like no no do, do you know your image could be amazing because you're just yeah like yeah amazing so yeah but yeah just a fascinating character there's a few of them we've talked about them already but aren't we just so privileged to have so many fascinating characters in hip-hop again it's great it's like mm -hmm. yeah there's no more you know well i'm not gonna go into my gripes but there has been moments in hip-hop where you've been like where are the fascinating characters and they're back they're just everywhere now so it's great yeah money my business trying to die of old age it ain't strange we arrive with no name given so vain john and alice coltrane kind of love don't stay kick push lupe do pray, lose faith, gain heart, a two-faced, same marks, my fate, not yours. All praise, matriarch, all days, sit alone, couldn't tell the two apart, giving all a nigga got. Bleeding in a hidden spot, need what a nigga forgot, gin tonic on the rocks, 
Spliff with the grabber, dismissive, it's behind us. Been my own rival. Head up underwater, David Edgar with the goggles. And I like Ronaldo. Navy been a baller like Carlos. Tevez, Mama, a jet town. Clado, only question left is what to do with all the sorrow. Dorado with the avocado. Habichuelas on the arroz. Do you follow? Can't wallow a bellow. Horse hair on a cello. Long notes to the dead rose. All right, well, speaking of fascinating characters, let's talk about Santa Barbara. Um, man, it was between this and Bruiser Wolf for me. So I, I really, I, I love Bruiser Wolf. I think he is so unique. And so I was deciding between his album and Santa Barbara. But for me, Santa Barbara just checks all the boxes. I mean, I think Fat Ray is such a great lyricist. I mean, he gets into serious things, but he also makes me laugh. So he, you talked about that balance earlier, Cam. He has a good balance, you know, and I don't know. It's just something about these Detroit dudes, man. They're just different, um, mm. you know, and they just have this such a unique approach. You know, I remember the first time I heard Danny Brown and I was like, man, who is this? Yeah. And all these, you know, Bruiser Brigade guys that came out this year, I felt the same way. They just have something that makes you just stop where you are and say, what is going on? And you just have to hear more. And I just, you know, I heard Santa Barbara so long ago. I think it, I can't remember when it came out, but it was soon after it came out. And I was just like, yeah, like I got to tap into this. I got to find out who Fat Ray is. And I didn't know this, but he's been doing this for quite some time. I mean, we actually had him on our show earlier this year and we talked a little bit about that, but I had no idea. You know, I just found this album. Again, I was cruising on Bandcamp. I found it and I was just like, and that was the only thing that's on there, I think, underneath Fat Ray. And so I was just like, man, this is great. But I just, I really appreciate so many things about this album. I appreciate the basketball references. He has so many in here. I mean, he's clearly a basketball fan. Yeah, I just really, again, it's that balance. He just you know, makes you feel so many different things. And I found myself, I was like listening to this again today and I, I was laughing out loud, some of the stuff he says. And I just, I love that. I love that kind of energy, you know? And so I, I just, I really enjoyed this project. And Old Faithful is probably, again, it's a top song of mine this year. I love that song. And I love Bruiser Wells first on that. It's so good. The way he just comes in is so smooth. I'm just like, oh. And that part when he's just like, you ain't trapping my baby. Like, it's just that whole, it's just that whole I just love his whole persona, his voice. It's just so, so great. So, oh, Santa Barbara is so good. Um, I could listen to it over and over and over again. Mm. And I did. Like you were saying about uh, Cam about the Breeze album, that this I feel like this album just breezes by, and suddenly it's over, and I'm I'm running right back. I just want more of it. Part of it is definitely the production. Raffi is mm. just mm -hmm. incredible. I like drums. What can I say? Uh, <laughs> uh, and, and the drums on this record are just right. Uh, I'm so glad you picked this e because. I mean, we had to talk about Bruiser Brigade in some shape or form because they've had mm -hmm. an a, a incredible run this year. And I almost put TV62, the like group album, on my list oh. just because I've, I've listened to it a lot. There have been many nights I've been driving around the city with that album turned up as loud as possible. And um, Fat Ray in particular is this like perfect blend of a gangster presence with a sense of humor and also a sense of decency. You know, he's like a... He brings that mm. into his lyrics. 
And I love the history that he brought on this album. You know, clearly not afraid to talk about his influences like Wu-Tang and Mob Deep and Jay Dilla and Proof. All of that is in yeah. there. And for 90s heads like us, you got to love it. I mean, I think it's on Menacing where he uses Kung Fu samples. I've not heard that in a while. I was like, wow, like, yes, yeah, it works. It still works. Yeah. You know, and Menacing is just, oh, my good Lord. Like, that so is good. an MC, MC's wet dream, that, innit? If you got that beat, you just be like, yeah. I will murder this. Like, it just, that's, you know what? Thank you for bringing this album. I love this record. Like, again, this year I have been having to research more for the podcast than I would have liked to. Yeah. So I've been in, almost entirely going back. So I fear I've had big FOMO this year of missing out. And I'm glad that you brought this here because this man, I, 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 it's one of my, it's so rewindable. It's yeah. His, oh. his bars are unreal. It's got everything. You said earlier, ticks all the boxes, no better review. That's it. It does. It, it has yeah. everything. And um, I think there's moments in it where I, even for me, I love a beat switch and people who listen to my show know I will not. There's flutes and beat switches. Those are the two things you'll get yes. if you ever come listen to us. And oh my God, when I hurt Flight Risk and oh, Complete the Fifth. Yeah, yeah. And that is just like unreal. How is there so much good music? Like how, like, yeah, that that was um, one moment where I fell in love with this album, I think was that. And uh, his, his rhymes about Uncle Phil. Like, you know, where he's like, yeah, ain't nothing fresh without your Uncle oh, Phil. Phil. Yeah. Yeah. And they're playing chess with Samuel L or something. Yeah. Or fresh. A fresh. That's it. Yeah. Fresh. And play, yeah. So, again, like you said, Joe, yeah, the references always get me. But also, his his whole demeanor, his whole canter on this album is uh, fascinating. And I, I, I'm with you. Bruiser Wolf is another one that I slept on until my listeners kept saying, kept popping up. And, 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 uh, I, re I remember first hearing it again, busy, you know, I've got other things to research. I'll listen to this, but didn't click. Oh my God. That time when I did click probably the second time, it was just like, these guys just so different. And again, just so exciting to know what else they could do. Cause you wouldn't be wrong. We just do this again. Like, you know, it's great. Yeah. Like just do it again. <laughs> but yeah. So thank you for bringing this. It's such a good album. Yeah, it's so good. And I love in the beginning of Menacing when he's like, Brutang, Brutang. And I'm like, you guys are similar to Wu-Tang in that I mm. remember like just listening to people over the years say about their first impression of Wu-Tang kind of like, whoa, who the fuck are these guys? And it's the same thing with Bruiser Brigade. Like, it's just like, who are these guys? They're so unique. Like, what are they even doing? That's what they bring to the table, I feel. You just get this vibe. And I just, I love it. I love all of it. Mm. So good. They could do the weirdest shit. Yeah. And they could also do the straightest shit. Right. That's what I love about yeah. them. Yeah. Yeah. Cuz they could do they could do anything. They're very versatile and yeah. yeah, and and I think it's just a great place for them to be cuz it will just be the you know ones who receive the gold at the end of the day. It's great. I don't mean to keep doing this and talking about our own podcast as we're as we're discussing these <laughs> albums, but the Wu-Tang reference when we interviewed Fat Ray, he was at what did he call it? The Bru Bruiser Mansion. They yeah. were they were all right. they were all there. There was like a yeah, gang Rappi of people was there, there sitting around else, watching yeah. the NBA playoffs in a way yeah. that you might imagine like Wu Tang was like hanging out together in the early days. Amazing. Yeah. yeah. That's amazing. And one last thing and then I'll stop. But like I have I get so excited now when I hear Raffi's signature. Boop, 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 boop. Oh yeah. <laughs> not always, yeah yeah it's not always at the beginning sometimes it's in the middle but i'm just always like yeah <laughs> that's one of the i think that's one of the best uh producer signatures i've ever heard yeah oh so, i love it it's so subtle it's subtle yeah. yeah 
Yeah. Yeah. Good shout. Great shout. All right. I want to talk about True Sky and Akai Solo. I could be wrong, but I feel like of all the projects we're talking about today, this is kind of the dark horse. This might be the one that people might not be as familiar with, but Mm. Akai is a Brooklyn-based MC, part of a collective called Taze Grip. True Sky was his second of two releases this year. He also dropped an EP with uh, producer Roper Williams called The Light Work, which was also, also quite enjoyable. And True Sky was produced entirely by Navy Blue, who we've been talking about. Um, and the production here, I think, is like similar to Navy's Reprise. It's like pretty straightforward and simple, just a lot of mm. loops. But it's, you know, you're talking about the sort of fr- breath of fresh air that Navy's Reprise was. I felt a similar way about True Sky. I feel like the production throughout is sort of bright, but definitely serves the purpose of just like Kai's vocals to come through and become the focus. And when it comes to his rapping, he's got like, Again, we're hitting the same buttons, I think, but just this commitment to honest and honesty and vulnerability and health in his lyrics that I've just uh, really admired. Um, I feel like in some way this album is a kind just like almost like shit talking about how to live well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Here's how I deal with my insecurities. Here's how I deal with dishonest people trying to keep me from my like, like my path or my truth. Here's how I try to take care of myself. And he does this by sort of alternating between pretty straightforward, accessible lyricism and more sort of uh, like profound poetry. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, like one of my favorite moments is uh, is a pretty simple one. On, on Ocean Hour Hughes, he just keeps saying, a lot of this heart is mine, but the spirit involved is ours. To me, he's acknowledging that he's got to do this for himself, but he's also aware that it's for the culture at large. Mm-hmm. Um, that's meaningful. It's deep and yeah. online there. And similar to some of the artists, other artists we've been talking about, I love what I love about his delivery is if you're not really paying attention, uh, you might not think that he's rhyming about such emotional topics. Casual mm-hmm. listener might make the assumption that he's just shit talking like any other mm. rapper. And he kind of acknowledges this, I feel like, on some point on um, Keep My Poise. He says, I got a message, but I'm not here to preach, which I feel like sums up his whole approach, like his whole his whole style mm. um but to me it's just a just a beautiful album and it's earnest like heartfelt look at himself yeah i think from it's the it really presents his art even the album cover i love the album cover mm. it just i don't know i don't know that i've always appreciated a slower approach like i've sort of been i think i've consumed hip-hop that was faster paced and really enjoyed the sort of busyness of it. And so initially when we became, you know, sort of more exposed to this culture where folks are sort of more laid back and things are slowed down, I didn't always know how to take that. And I don't know that I was always patient with it, but I really like hearing artists like him really made me appreciate that approach. And like you said, he's still talking about really serious and sometimes heavy stuff. You know, even though the energy might not necessarily convey that, you know, it's there. I'm appreciative to people like him because it's really made me sort of look at it from a different angle, one that I've not always appreciated. Yeah, that's really interesting you say it that way because there's moments where this is very spiritual music. Uh, Ocean Hue Hours is one of them tracks. It is just one of them tracks where it almost puts a spring in your step when you're walking because it is, and I suppose Navy has that. Navy has these moments where he can make 
very spiritual music stuff that is quite you ascend to almost like mm. you know it, it's quite inspirational at times um might have been motivational i suppose but it is more inspiring i suppose sonically mm-hmm. but i think there's moments in this where he has that and you talk about navy's reprise i think navy's prize may be a bit brighter if there's a bit i don't know like i think this one is a bit more hazed out i think there's a bit more haze generally as an album you can imagine just chilling having a smoke and just hazing out to this album a bit more whereas navy's reprise seems to get you a bit more active i don't know if that's a just me or what but i think um for a smoked album like this, where you can have that, I feel when you look at the two artists who are working together, I don't know much about Akai Solo, but I love his relationship with someone like Navy who gives him, I think he's very generous on this album mm. in that he gives him space to just do what he wants to do. And as a producer, not to make it overly complicated, not to make mm. it, you know, uh, I'm sure they could do that if they wanted to, but it's like, I'm going to let you be at the forefront of this track and I'm going to try to mould my way around you. And I think that's a skill for Navy, which is so important to have when you go to collaborations as you go, you know, who knows who will work with in the future. But um, I'm looking forward to seeing more. What I don't know much of his, I've, I've a few tracks here and there. I've got my playlist of Akai Solo and I've always enjoyed them, but I've never, this is the first project I think where I've really been like, oh, I'm glad. Again, like all the albums you guys have brought, I'm glad you brought them because yeah just such a good piece of work and you start looking when you start putting stuff on your playlist and there's like nine tracks that's a good album like mm-hmm. yeah you know, i'm not skipping these so um yeah no uh great just a really good project and another one i think i need to revisit more and more as well because this is one of them where i think it'll be more rewarding the more i do so yeah yeah, yeah i'm big, bringing this one am i remembering correctly e that he told us that he's got something coming on backwards yes oh. Yes, because you and I talked about how we could see him fitting right in with Billy Woods. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I don't know when that's coming, but he he alluded to that. Well, he didn't. He outright said it when we talked to yeah. him. So. Yeah. So we got that here to look for forward that. to. Yeah. Yeah. That would be great. Yeah. All right. Last album for me is sometimes I might be an introvert. My little Sims. I have to shout out Josh from Serious Rap Shit. So last year, Little Sims. I can't remember the name of the album because I'm so bad with this, but he picked one of her albums for his end year and I was unfamiliar with her. I hadn't heard her stuff. And I remember preparing for that episode, listening to it. And I was like, man, I definitely slept on her. She just has this energy that I really appreciate. And I think she says on one of her songs, something about aligning herself with Lauren Hill and just like that vibe. And I completely agree with that. So after that episode and after I was sort of tapped into her, I was I was really looking forward to this album. So I was tuned in. I was looking forward to this. And I'm glad that she started getting her flowers here in America. So like she did the NPR's Tiny Desk. Um, she was on Jimmy Fallon. So people started paying attention. I was really um, happy for her because I think she's so talented and she's a rare breed, you know. So this album for me is so... I told Rob before we started recording, it feels like an epic saga. It feels so theatrical, symphonic, like we're just being brought into Little Sims universe and she's telling a story using all these different elements. And it's just, it, it sort of plays like a novel, you know? Sometimes it felt like I was, I was watching, you know, by listening a movie about like the Roman Empire <laughs> like <laughs> even though the album starts out it's just so like it has that vibe um, and then she just goes in and starts rhyming and I love that 
I mean, the album is a saga too, because it's really long and I'm not used to that, you know? So we've talked about these albums thus far. And, you know, for example, like the complete opposite is um, Santa Barbara. Like it's so short in comparison with this. So I just, I remember listening to it at first and I remember like scrolling down on Spotify and I was like, wow, this album's really long. And, you know, I think the difference is, and Rob pointed this out, is that she's, you know, has a major backing. I think whenever, you know, when you have a major backing, we're used to this, you know, from previous years, as opposed to now when you see more independent artists doing their own thing, you know, you can put out long projects like this and sort of survive on them for a couple of years, you know, so if you're going to put out a project, you want to make it worthwhile. You know, this is definitely like the long form is definitely something that I had to get used to. But all that to say, it's such a good album. I think it's so unique and her storytelling is so good. I mean, this is another album that gets into really deep shit. I mean, she's talking about relationships with her family on here. You know, she's talking about, I suspect she's talking about her dad when she's talking about when, and then the song, I love you, I hate you which is really like emotional. Um, and I love that beat. I just think she's such a skilled MC, and this is just, this project is so good. I wanted to ask you, Cam, what's her reception in the UK? Cause I want to know how it compares to America. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting because she got more Americanized, I feel over this year. Mm. And, in, and I don't mean that in a bad sense. I mean that as in like just on them platforms that are just where hip hop is. Yeah. So having gray area come out, few years ago now i feel that was her introduction to uk hip-hop new straight away as soon as that she dropped gray area i feel like anyone who likes their hip-hop here mm-hmm. and soul and r&b yeah they know little sims is someone who can really go all the way because you see her backing inflow all over this and i don't know if you checked out like salt's albums but I think those albums, Wendy's called them classic, but in my eyes, that one of those albums is a classic because yeah. it came out at the right time and it's still so of that time and just incredible. And Cleo Soul's on this album and I love Cleo mm, Soul. And me too. Her, big up on her album this year, just as we go to R&B Flex like, and Soul Flex, her, her album's been amazing. So but good. like, yeah, so it's quite, quite nice to see these acts coming out of Britain that are getting accepted into the... Americanized audience are not in the way that unfortunately things may have transpired a bit more like you've got your Kano's and your Dave's and they're with Drake and they're going through these channels which are majorly led platforms playing arenas Little Sims will be able to play arenas but her backing is just a little bit more unique I feel and so over here I can't speak for everyone but I do think I don't know how she's charted and stuff but I hear her on radio like doing interviews and I feel she's made a conscious step to go to the US and, you know, raise her platform a bit. Uh, but yeah, we've I've heard her on podcasts here and she's, yeah, I don't know. She's quite um, guarded in interviews, I've heard. Hmm. And I wonder if that's just her, you know, just her. Uh, so it makes it more fascinating when you hear albums where she's so open, you know. Oh, yeah. As an MC who could bar out, she can bar with anyone. She's got incredible bars. She doesn't do that all the way. She wants to flex her other muscles through projects like this, where she'll do a African, tra- like just using her African accent through the track. Mm. And it's not a gimmick. It's not a, it's because that's just who she is. And sometimes that's what her family talk like. Uh, yeah, I just find it a real growth from great. I love Grey Area, but um, mm-hmm. I just find it really funny as well that it's about introvert, like being an introvert, yet 
the track introvert is probably one of the most bombastic tracks I've yeah. heard. The exact opposite of being an introvert. And I know that's conscious with her. She's she yeah. plays like that, you know, a little bit. And um yeah, as well as all the all the other really heartfelt traumatic things she talks about, she's capable of putting stitching words together that I think it is on I Love You, I Hate You, where there's moments on there where you just rewind and you're just like, mm-hmm. wow, this is a journey she took me on. So um yeah, and just a shout out to I don't know his singer's his name. I don't know how to say it, but it's Obong Jr. or something. He's on Points and Kill. Oh, African... I love Point and Kill. Yeah, his so voice yeah. is amazing. That's one of the most unique. Vo- I hope it's used more in hip hop as well because it just yeah. worked so nicely that track. But you know, we talk about borrowing out. I was into Two Worlds Apart this morning, and I was like, oh, I can imagine West Side Gun picking that mm. track mm. and just and just being like, you know what, I will use that, and she can do that and put Smokey Robinson hooks on there and stuff and yeah, yeah uh, just very hard, very personable very just beautiful at times and uh, yeah just head on tackling issues that the other albums have but in her own way so yeah, I, yeah. I'm i glad you brought this because it was on my shortlist so yeah, yeah I'm glad we got to mm-hmm. talk about it. I think the project that Josh from Serious Rap Shit brought up last year was Drop 6. Yeah. For me it's such a big difference between the sound on Drop 6 and Sometimes I might be introvert. It's just really impressive. This like lush, expansive sound on on this new album, and I, I feel like the the like tension that you're talking about, Cam, where she like doesn't talk much about herself in interviews, but has this really open sort of bombastic album, is is kind of what the album's about. Like trying to find a way to find some balance between like privacy and celebrity, which I I interpret I love you, I hate you to kind of touch on you know, that song being about herself in some ways that I love this part of me. I hate this part of me. Yeah. But honestly, my only, I said this to E off mic, my only real, real criticism as she's mentioned is that it feels a little long and I'm just not used to listening to projects that are an hour long. I remember yeah. getting about halfway through this and like, how many more tracks are there? Oh, wow. <laughs> okay. I better strap in. Yeah, here. absolutely. Just to touch on that point though, you said there about like, talking about issues and her own perspective of like being quite bombastic and issues and things that where she says something is such a small part of the track but it really like echoed for me was standing ovation where she says stuff like the ideas she's tackling are like why the desperate need for applause i'll wait is she the goat here well it's safe to assume and then blah 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 goes and she's talking about why is there a desperate need to have people applaud you and put you on this pedestal and get Mm. standing ovations. So you're right. I think there's this kind of almost challenge to the industry she's in, you know, which is like, why are we, why are we doing this again? Isn't this art or whatever? And, but then she still says, I am still the goat and she has that. So she'll, (laughs) you know, and it's, it's layered. It's, it's, yeah, I I find that really interesting in a person who can do that, you know, question the actual, like, what are we doing here? You know, why are we, why are we even discussing this? You know? So, yeah. It reminds me a little bit of To Pimp a Butterfly and Kendrick's uh, open struggle with celebrity and like popularity and craving that versus like being more, you know, private and introverted and and mm. humble. Yeah. But also proud. She's really proud. I thought it sounds yeah. brilliant just for the, yeah. you know, t- t- I don't know what level she's at, like with her label or who she's signed to, like where she's at. But to just say, I'm going to make this kind of music and it's because it's me. I don't need your chart-topping producers to... She could easily do that. She's at that... I think, especially in the UK, she's at a level where she could do that. And she's just got a different way. And it's just richer. It's just much, so much richer. So, mm. yeah. 
It's interesting because this album came out the same day that Certified Loverboy did. And oh. so that day, everybody was talking about that. Everybody, everybody. And I remember posting about this album because at this point, like, my interest in Drake is very, very low. Like, I just, hmm. you know. So I was really checking for this. And I remember posting it on Instagram. And my friend was like, you're literally the only person not talking about Drake. You realize that everyone else is talking about Drake except you. <laughs> and it, I just found that so interesting um, just to talk about your like how she was saying, like, what are we doing this for? Like, why do we need mm. applause? And, you know, how that how that sort of played out and how this album was released on the same day as his because his was such a big deal. Mm. Fascinating. Yeah, yeah, brilliant. Yeah, that's such a good cherry on top of that point, actually. Yeah. I would give my life for this If the bullet was the beat I would probably die for this How many times did I cry for this I would hate myself if I didn't at least try for this What's at stake is bigger than me Blood tears, how it stains Can't rid it with ease What we have in common is our pain We're given the keys To unlock what it takes to fight for what we believe in Hard to confront the truth with what you see in the mirror Some people you inspire and others you trigger Fighting a blind faith led by the internal voice you might not want to do it, but you don't have a choice. Will the pressure take me to new heights or be my demise? Will my intentions coincide with what I advise? The people looking up to me doing everything right. But who am I to tell anyone how to live their life? Your pain threshold will determine if you survive. I'm amazed by it. Lying to myself, pretending I was never faced by it. Maybe because you're in my DNA, that's why. Right. That was the thickest song for Haram. We've Ooh. come down to it. <laughs> So we've done two hours. Get another hour. Just put <laughs> everyone sit aside her arm time. So <laughs> could talk that much about it. I'm sure. I mean, at this point, I doubt that anyone who pays attention to hip hop at all uh, <laughs> doesn't know who Arm and Hammer is. Yeah, and I can't tell you how happy that makes me. These guys have been consistently turning in efforts like this for for years now, and I feel like they've done it their way. And I love that they're seeing their profile rise the way that it has this past year. Of course, that happens when you make a full-length project with The Alchemist. That mm. it's just part of, part of the deal. One of the most impressive things to me on this record is the way The Alchemist kind of bent and stretched his style to meet Arm & Hammer and their particular perspective. Mm. You know, this isn't... Uh, I'll just pause here and say, I feel like there's nothing I can say that ha hasn't already been said about this album, but... I will, I will continue. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, this isn't just a collection of beats that, you know, like were made for Freddie Gibbs or Action Bronson. Like it, they were tailor made for Arm and Hammer and you can hear that it comes through while still somehow like maintaining a signature alchemist style. Another standout for me besides the lyricism is the sequencing. I feel like this album flows perfectly, flawlessly from one thing to the next. It's so fluid. The tracks like bleed into each other. Yeah. I think from what I've heard, um, that's, that might be the, the Woods effect. Uh, I've heard that Woods is really good with sequencing, but that was very impressive to me. And then, of course, there's the rapping. Never heard these guys spit a whack verse. It just hasn't happened. While they maintain the same level of sort of profoundly deep lyricism here, I think there are also moments of like deep relatability that might be different from some of their earlier projects. Indian Summer stands out to me woods verse 
on that song might be one of my favorite of his. Uh, I just get immediately transported to every lawn you ever cut in high school. At the same time, you like never doubt that Woods knows firsthand the plight of like working class people of color on that track. Makes him human in a way that I think sometimes maybe doesn't happen. And um, Woods does his thing, you know, he's Woods on this record. Elucid, who I feel like somehow remains underrated despite absolutely like proving his authority on this album and this year. Uh, he really blows me away on this album. The way he like stretches and like flips his flow in places like on Black Sunlight. Ugh. First time I heard that track, I was like, wait, is that Elucid? Like he sounds like a whole new rapper on that song. Mm. And then, of course, like the way he sings, like God's Feet mm. and Stone's Fruit. Um, the singing on those tracks is just perfect. It's incredible. So for me, it's a perfect album. Yeah. And I don't say that lightly. If I have any criticism, I've said this before, I said it to Amani when we had him on. If I have any criticism, it's that we didn't get an Amani verse on Wishing Bad. It's the only part of the record that I, I was like waiting for an Amani verse that never came. But um, despite that, I think it's a perfect album. And Wishing Bad is, I'd, I'd say Wishing Bad is probably my most listened to song this year. Oh, I yeah. love that beat. Castro's verse is perfect. And despite the absence of an Amani verse, I think he uh, he nailed the hook also. But th- those are my thoughts. Cam, mm. what do you think? I kind of echo. Well, it's very hard to talk about Alban Hammer, isn't it? I, f- I, f- I feel. And you guys have had them on. We had them on. And I think even they were saying on our show, we are not, you know, under any illusions. Our music is very hard to write about. So... Woods put it brilliantly where he was just like so unfortunately if you're not a great writer you might not be able to really nail the reviews of our album he didn't mean it in a cocky way but it is very true when people are operating on such a level that it's hard for people to decipher and actually translate your own thoughts I can imagine it's quite frustrating for artists to be like well no you know so it's, it's interesting seeing that go with the abstract genius of Al where Al is right now, I think when we all heard this was happening, every person just started going mad. And it was like, <laughs> what this could be, what could this be? And a little bit of fear creeps in because you don't want it to be bad. But then you think nothing's been bad. Like even mm-hmm. Al's le- least, like more experimental stuff has its merits, I feel. And um, my Spotify told me last year I was in the 0.01% of Alchemist listeners. I didn't know that. And I was like, I did listen to a lot of Al last year, Baldy, obviously, and, and the tear he's been on. And Arm and Hammer have been one of them things where I've um, really big up Dad Bod, Rad Pod. They were the pit. That was the first I really started hearing of this guy called Woods and through that podcast and then just going to where they took us. And I, I love just what they've been doing. But this album to have two supersonic creative forces deliver is just a great place to be right now. Like Mm. they, they delivered on every front you've got, I think you talked about how the tracks bleed into each other. Even now I was listening to it today about an hour ago, right before we jumped on and I was listening to it again. And it's like, I've got a vinyl. I've I've just started my vinyl collection. It's one of the first ones I bought was Haram because it's just so like of a piece you can just play the whole thing yeah and i thought there's so many things in this that you could go into like how they definitely bring a different dimension to hip-hop there's no one who does this mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. car you were saying brings a different dimension so it 
on that front alone, which should be slept on, they give the whole culture another prism to look at society and your own, you know, heartbreak. And then I was just like, you know, I love the fact, and it probably is Woods who, who did this because I hear about this that he does that. But I was into um, Black Sunlight again as well. There's a hypnoticism through the whole album for me. It's such a, it's very easy. To say it's hypnotic, but I think they know this because on other tracks they put uh, little vocal bits of a guy talk about hypnotism, and hmm. there's a bit where you know there's all these little breadcrumbs they give you, and on Black Sunlight. I love the bars anyway, where you talk about iridescent blackness is this performative or praxis. That is so cutting to the point mm. of, we talked about Little Sims talking about why do we need applause of yeah. this performativeness or like, again, with incredible vocab that's never been said before mm -hmm. and giving me this different point of view to think about this culture I love. Yet at the moment they do that, the ending of the track is this real golden nugget and it's and they do it for the whole album they'll do only seconds long stuff really just a few seconds they do it on that track it's a sick transition to the next bit and then they do an aubergine aubergines are really that's the thing that's the one that's got the hypnotic sample on it they do it with what's that really jar jarring you know on benny miles mm. it comes in with a yeah. like yeah yeah I, i'm not going to sample snitch here and where it's from but if you know where that's from, I found the, it is from a film. I'll put it that way. And how they've been sitting there and got that from the film and thought, oh, that we'll use that as the intro to the Benny Miles is just mind boggling. Like, how have you done that? And I think there's, um, you talk about Lucid. I don't think you're going to find many hard, there's actually quite a few hard lines on this album. I think Castro's got one on about Puffy, which I'll, mm. I've banged on about all year, that that because that cut to the heart about uh, survivor's guilt and yeah. uh, mm -hmm. that bar. Mm -hmm. um, but there's one that Lucy comes out with, and everyone's put it on Twitter, but I love it, is uh, you need to have permission to have an issue with me. <laughs> it's just so, I want to use that in life. You know, and, and, and I think, I think you, <laughs> can't, you can't, you know what I mean? Put it on a T, that's it. And I think um, even more knowing beats where this is the album after hearing it, as you're probably the same, Rob, over and over and over again, these things stick to you, like Mac does earlier. I was talking about um, ain't no saving us, ain't no slaving us. You're gonna need a bigger boat. You need uh, something about having more rope. Mm -hmm. And you're like, oh, if you even just to slightly scratch the surface of that bar, there's oceanic depths to this stuff, you know. Mm -hmm. And that's just the bars, you know. And you talk there about the singing, and I, I don't think there's a better song this year than Stone Fruit. I, mm -hmm. I think that is mm -hmm. that's possibly in a year where you were talking about like you know we've all had to deal with a lot yeah. of heartbreak and 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 you know just personally there's been a lot of personal tragedy in my life this one year so to hear and stone fruit has been so helpful to hear yeah. someone say stuff about like um, i need space to grow and he's mm -hmm. talking about from his perspective and yeah. whatever perspective that you can take but when you release art to the world i take that and put it in my own way and forget the social commentary to it, all that stuff it's more about the devastation of stuff that can happen in your life and yeah i just think uh, there's not many albums that have echoed that in me personally so to to have one this year and to just be like i said perfect like just back to front like chicharrones like talking about what's the balkans line on there like that things like that stick in your head you know and um falling out the sky mm. <laughs> come on it's sheer beauty. Mm -hmm. Al's just like, I'm just going to make that one of the most beautiful tracks I've ever made. <laughs> so yeah, that, uh, yeah, it's just, um, 
it's mad, isn't it? How wood sounds so harsh and visceral at times, and like really, you know, oh god, like. But without it, does it sounds like it softened it a little bit? But it's still it's mm. hard. It's odd to I can't put my finger on it. But yeah, mm. no, absolutely, just uh, absolutely brilliant. Uh, just a, could be a classic, I think that one. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. You know when you like anticipate how good an album's going to be, and then you actually hear it and exceed your expectations. <laughs> that that's what this was for me, and. It's interesting. I will never forget hearing it for the first time because Rob and I did it in real time. I remember messaging each other and we went through track by track and we kept talking to each other about it. And it had been so long since I had done that because listening to music is so isolating now. Mm. So I will never forget that experience. And it was just really, I mean, on top of the album being so good, like having that experience and getting to share with somebody else was really, I love that because it's such a good album to talk about. You know, and I love that, you know, just hearing it sonically. I mean, the production is just like, I, I don't I, I don't even know how to just, I don't know. It's just really fucking good. But, you know, just listening to it, I would never <laughs> attempt to write about what I think they mean in their lyricism because I wouldn't, <laughs> I just wouldn't go there. But I like that there's room for interpretation. And I know what it means to me when I hear it. I know mm, what yeah. I hear and I'll leave it at that. You know, and so I like that there's room room for that when you listen to their music. But this album is just fucking incredible. And I wanted them after this to become a household name because I'm like, how could they not after such mm. a good album like this? I recommended it to someone last week and they hadn't heard of it and they love Alchemist. Hmm. That's so mad, crazy. Right? So crazy yeah. to me. I have a friend who uh, didn't really listen to Arm & Hammer or Woods much before this album. And I think because the alchemist produced it it kind of convinced him like he needed to to tune in he has listened to this album and I, I believe this to be true he's told me that he's listened to this album every day since it dropped wow I've, he's gotten to know this album like inside and out and i uh really had to push him to like you really like have you listened to obama incense from a lucid like that track is crazy <laughs> and that's five years old now like, there's other stuff yeah, and <laughs> can't, can't get past branch it. out yeah, a little yeah. bit. Yeah, I, he didn't. He didn't want to like ruin his experience of listening to this record. Mm. He's worried that like their back catalog might not live up to, you know, expectations. And the great thing about Arm and Hammer is that it does. Like they've been yeah. this great on this level for a long time now. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what to hope for. Actually, I, it would be great if they were household names, but I also know like with that comes a lot of complications comes yeah. comes like a kind of record that little sims has to make about why do we want fame why do we want mm-hmm. celebrity i don't know i i don't know what that leads to as far as their sound or their their content goes but at the same time i was like ecstatic that they're on this new earl project and they they mm-hmm. actually lead the rollout i mean yeah uh, it's amazing i love it they put the work in they've got that point where they've crafted their just personas and sound and everything to the point where the next step is like it could go backwards who knows it could do i was just to cypress hill the other day and i was like wow you did black sunday and you did temples of boom after like come on like you could have gone on to just do black sunday forever but they went completely different. so who knows where they'll go and i think um there was one track that made me think about you know you told your friend heard it over and over every year every day and I kind of still get these moments, even though I've heard it all year, like roaches don't fly. I was listening to that today. No, sorry, last week. And I was like, 
Jesus, I forgot how good this track is because I listened to Stone Fruit and you know all the other tracks a bit more, and then this is a bit lower in my rotation. Mm-hmm. It's gone right to the top almost because it starts off with this really. If you if you really want to get granular, which is what they've done, they've almost made it so of many so many different parts. It is like putting a puzzle together, and it's the first five seconds is like the worst acid trip you could ever go on. And it's like, if you ever listen, it's frightening like the, the first like five seconds of that track and i just get rewinding the first five seconds out like, who thought again <laughs> where were they when they thought let's yeah. start this track like this and then bang they put in this like guitar sample which is amazing and then the sound of crickets like at the end which is really bizarre where you think it's just really tantalizing you know as a, as a track yeah. where you you keep getting like little boat, boat, boat moments of it. And you said about Lucid on that track, that's when he, you realize like colonos, colonizers can't pronounce my name. It's mm. not my new colonizers. Like again, I think he released another project this year. Um, I cannot remember what it's called. Oh, with Von P. Um, yeah. Yes. Dirty Deacon. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's brilliant. Good. Yeah. It's really good. That's a brilliant, re- like let's not sleep that he is still churning these things out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, um, when we had him on the show, we talked about Swans, which is this kind of noise, like, I don't even know how to call them, like a noise rock band. Yeah. And he loves Swans. And I was like, I can actually imagine you doing a record like Swans just because you're that gifted, you know? So, yeah, no, we're uh, haram, man. Just, wow. Just, yeah, incredible. And artwork, by the way. Just want to, Castro's artwork's great. Santa Barbara's great. Uh, all these artworks that come out this year, but haram is the one that, I don't know, man. Jesus Christ. As <laughs> soon as I saw it, I was like, Fantastic. Wow. And the back of the vinyl, I'm sure you've probably seen as well. It's just like, Phew, forget so the great. Beatles with dead babies dolls. <laughs> this is like a level. Yeah. They've just gone even further. Yeah. So, yeah, no. Uh, yeah. I love it. Shouts to yeah, Alexander so. Richter, the photographer on that. He's brilliant. Uh, sure. And they've used all his stuff on the, like, um, on the alternate releases, all the photos uh, that have been his photos he's uh he's incredible he was at i I actually got to see arm and hammer perform here in philadelphia uh, a couple months ago and he was at the show like taking photos and uh filming and stuff i don't know what they're gonna do with it but they come in uk london next year i've got my ticket i've got two two gigs booked next year it's them and navy blue so (laughs) yeah yeah that's my only gigs at the moment but yeah I'm, i'm looking forward to that the place went crazy when they played Stone Fruit. You know, it was like everybody was waiting for that. I think that might be their one, you know. Yeah. You know, not, I don't want to talk about Apexes because that's silly. But, you know, when there's tracks where you think that's probably going to resonate forever. I, I don't know. There's something about it. Well, me, it definitely will. But I hear a lot of people talk about that track. And I mm-hmm. think it might be it might be one of them. All right. We did it. We did we it. We did it. We that's did it. it. Wow. <laughs> We did Whoever's it. listening now, thank you. Yeah, yeah, because because fuck. <laughs> we talk about long albums. Jesus, we feel sorry for you. It's the longest long winded. But I, I've enjoyed. This is a great chat. I have to say, you guys yeah. are very. This was fun. Mm. You have to come on the crate. We we'll have to get you on, man. We'll have to get you on. Oh, we'd love that mm. for sure. I love these chats because it just is a, a good reason for me to like reflect on the year and reflect on the music and revisit some of the stuff that. I'm quite familiar with and maybe something I'm not. So cheers. This was a good time. Yeah. Hell of a year, man. Hell of a year. Yeah. Mm, yeah. So many albums that I just didn't get enough time with, but they were good. Like there's mm. so many albums that could have made it. But Bo Jackson. 
there's another one right. but that yeah. you know there's 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 been a lot and yeah so you don't find the time to have it all do you we talked about wiki earlier. Yeah. wiki's another one that was another one yeah but yeah it's crazy but yeah can relate uh cam to what you were saying about having to listen to uh, do research for the pod and not necessarily listen to other th- i mean i don't think it's any accident that most of the maybe all the albums that e and i picked with the exception of little sims are people that we've had on the podcast this year uh, <laughs> but that yeah i don't know what that means i think it means we had a good year as a podcast but i also think it means maybe we just listened to these albums the most and that's what stuck with us and so here we are talking yeah. about them no man, big up! They absolutely, it's been to celebrate those wins, man. Because you know you have to with your chest out. I think like just you've had legends on. It, what it, definitely in the making if they're not already legends. So yeah, absolutely. But yeah, I think you know what you're probably right because I think the Haram thing hit more. One of my proudest moments was making Woods change the strain of weed he was about to smoke because of the intro to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> he was, I've just picked up a jar of weed. I heard your intro. Now I'm putting it back and getting a different strain of weed. <laughs> I mean, that was just like, for me, I put it on my CV. It was great. So, yeah. That's no, great. Just, I love it. Yeah. Thank you, guys. I appreciate yeah. this, man. Oh, well, yeah. This was lovely. Thank you so much. Um, really appreciate your time. All right. Well, here's to, what year is it? 2021. <laughs> <laughs> wow. After this podcast, 2022. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows what's in store? Hopefully less pain and heartache, but we'll see. This has been the next movement. Thanks for listening to this entire thing. And uh, we hope that you will keep listening. Peace. Peace. Could read music or write it. No connections, no comments, no money, no bankroll, no clothes, no nothing. I swore vengeance in the seventh grade, not on one man, the whole human race. I'm almost done, God be praised. I'm almost done, every debt gets paid. I used to cut grass and smile like I meant it. We squatted in the shade when the mowers overheated. Came home stinking of gas in the evening. It wasn't any one thing, it was the sequence. The intoxication of counting cash in secret. The secret hiding places where you keep it intimate. The strip malls, the dealerships, six lanes across, shit job at the end of it. I knew what was up once they said, come inside the office. Palmetto bogs flooded the sides and sauces. Clumsy fuckers spin inside their coffins. Plucking guitar strings, Orpheus outside the fortress. MDC Brooklyn, the rats is gorging. Kill one, only bring more and more like dead explorers. I put a knee hole in Indiana Jones for Dora. For that Somali tour, we lit up the night like Sodom. Adam and Gomorrah left out, face forward. I don't want to disturb your thoughts. I don't want to disturb your mood. When I give you one that I feel you might.